right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Sala here. It is Victory Sunday. We are recording this the day after Max Homa wins the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines. It is an early morning in the mountain time zone, but Big Randy is here. Good morning, Mr. Randy. Good morning, Mr. Chris. Uh, I'm wearing my Cincinnati Bengals sweatshirt. Really hoping it's a Victory Sunday for them as well. We shall see best part is this is going to be out and that result is already going to be out so it's, that's going to be that's going to be funny either way i might be extremely happy or i'm going to be a sad boy one or the other tc is here good morning tc morning i got my niners and my Bengals going today <laughs> <laughs> big day i'm also going over some forensic video analysis here that's coming from uh, allegedly dubai. allegedly alleged allegedly going through alleged video allegedly in dubai just want to get that out there Guys, we know what we're going to talk about from the jump. Max Homa wins the Farmers Insurance Open. I don't know if you guys knew this part. He is a Titleist full-line ambassador, Pro V1 Golf Ball, 14 golf clubs. That's the most amount of golf clubs that you're allowed to have in your golf bag. This week at Torrey, Max led the field in strokes gained T to green, putting on an absolute clinic with every club in the bag, TSR3 driver to his T100S 4-iron. That's what he used to hit the closest approach of the day on 16, make the birdie, four Vokey wedges, Scotty Cameron putter, and the one piece of equipment that he's used that he is used for every one of those shots was his brand new Pro V1 golf ball. Max has made the change to a new Pro V1 after working with the Titleist team this past weekend at the TPI, the Titleist Performance Institute, the new golf ball, more consistent and more stable with the irons, longer with the driver, and a bit more speed with lower spin, all with the same short game feel and control Max has always trusted Changing the golf ball is a big decision for the best players in the world, and the switch paid off immediately for Max with a win uh, in the first week that he tees it up. And luckily enough for us, we actually got an earpiece in him right now, and we're going to go down to him uh, live to check in. Usually it's a, n- a night of a victory, but keeping the tradition alive, welcome, Max Homa. This is this is my favorite tradition, uh, and it's even cooler winning on a Saturday so that I can watch football all day on Sunday. Boys, I'm, I'm rooting for you guys to be happy. Uh, I'm also going to be rooting for my own happiness on whoever I decide to bet on. Uh, so this <laughs> is this is a treat. I you know Usually you wake up on a Monday and you're thinking, what can I go do to have some fun and celebrate? And you know th- this, this is a special one. I, I get to actually enjoy myself on a Sunday uh, like a, a normal, as Caleb Pressey says, is perfect work-life balance. I won and get to have some fun. So I'm looking forward to this. Do you have the trophy behind you? I do not know. They they ship them to you. It just those are other trophies from previous Collins he's made on. Yeah, uh, just a on, few on others. <laughs> Max, I mean, where 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 are we? I know this is gonna people are gonna listen to this Monday, so we don't have to spend a lot of time. But you know, what's what's your lean on these football games? Have you, have you been studying film? What's going on? Big film guy, you know. I'm. Uh, I don't know. I. Th- this is a pretty awesome. I guess it's always pretty cool, but I. I think this for me is is like my mecca. Final four in a way, just with uh, some of the guys uh, kind of heading those teams. I love Patrick Mahomes. I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's line uh, when they asked him a week or two ago, "What's the window for the Bengals to win a Super Bowl?" and he said, "As long as I'm here." That's about as cool a thing as you could say. He he is the perfect 
balance of like confident without being like obnoxious. So I love him. I love the Eagles. I feel like Jalen Hurts has always had such a terrible, like, I don't understand why people always just say, oh, well, his team's just really good uh, ever since Alabama. I mean, he's a baller and seems like a good leader. And watching Brock Purdy is funny, man, because he's getting the same treatment. You know, oh, he's just lucky he's on a good team. But I like, you know, I like watching Shanahan make these make these play plays that are just they're they're awesome. So I, I love it. I don't I don't have a lean. I, I would I got a feeling the uh, Niners are going to win for some reason. Although, uh, like I said, I do I like all the teams. I don't really know, um, but I, I'm not a huge fan of of Cincinnati coming out and saying you know like the actual government in Cincinnati saying that Joe Burrow owns Patrick Mahomes. So I'm not a huge fan of that one. That one's scaring me off of them a little bit. Well, Max, while we got you here, what is your window? What's your window for winning look like? <laughs> Man. Say it. As long as I'm here, yeah, say as long, it. As long as I got a club in my hand, I think I feel pretty good right now. <laughs> I really don't know where to start, man. I mean, we kind of go back to the same repetitive stuff when you win of like reflecting on where you've been uh, to now, but there seems to be no complacency on your end and the confidence, it just seems to be in the perfect spot. It's not arrogance yet. It's not, uh, it, it's very enabling for, for performance. And I don't just don't know how you could, I, I'm asking, I don't really have a question, but reflect <laughs> on, on what it's like for you to be in contention now and the things that you feel and the killer look that we see just seems to, I mean, we, you just don't have like close calls. Like you win when you're in the hunt. Uh, man, uh, it has been a weird run. Every time I kind of get going, on the back nine uh, and these things and I get close, I'm always like, man, I've never got second before. You know, I, I'm, if, you know, it's got, it's got to happen at some point. I'm glad it didn't yesterday. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This one was different. You know, DJ pie famously told me once, uh, if you uh, look at the leaderboard and can't find the killer, you're the killer. I looked at that leaderboard and there were a lot of them. So uh, <laughs> I was like, Oh boy, but I don't know this one. Riviera will always be my favorite win, but this one was kind of the most special to me uh, because of the board, uh, because of the crowds, getting to play with Colin three of the days, but especially on the final round. I have a, the utmost respect for his golf game, and I've gotten close with him, and, and he is, you know, for being younger than me, someone I look up to, he's someone I, I admire the way he plays golf. He has two majors, and he's a kid. So to get to go toe-to-toe with him, you know, I know Rom was behind us and Tony and Sam, but like in my group, I had, you know, Sungjae and Colin. So you're just watching an absolute clinic. Uh, so at least I knew what I was getting myself into. But to go to to go play that well with those guys all around and in my group, that was very special for me. It was kind of different than, you know, the Fortnite's an interesting golf tournament, man, because you have so many guys who just got their card. And I've been there and it's a lot of pressure. And in a way, you're you're just happy with the good week. I'm going there, obviously, to to win, as I'm sure everyone else is. But that's like if I don't win going to that Sunday, it's a it's it's I'm not sad, but it is kind of a, a bummer. So when I was coming down the stretch there, it felt like me and Danny were just going to go kind of toe to toe. And it became a two man race, a match play situation, if you will. But this one really blew my mind. You know, I got off the 12th green and I looked at the board and Sam and I were at 12 and then the next closest was eight. And I'm like, all right, we're back to a two-man race. I like my chances in that as anybody would. Um, You know, I'm I'm sure Sam was thinking the same thing when you only have to worry about a guy and and there's only six holes left. Like, that's a good position to be in. And then I just 
I guess I haven't been in enough of them where I was like, damn, you know, Colin makes two birdies. Sung Jay makes a couple birdies. Keegan jumps up to like 11, I think. And I was just like, holy cow, like, wow, way to get ahead of yourself. But I guess it just comes down to I work really, really hard at this. So I'm doing a better job in the moments of the events to just kind of trust that and go play golf. Uh, and I think that's lent or let me play some good golf under the gun is I, I, I kind of actually think about it less uh, when I'm under the gun than I would on a Thursday. So I kind of let it go a lot more. And I feel like that's been a, a key for me. And I just, I, I mean, I think we all do. But I love it. It's the most fun ever. Like it, yesterday was the most fun ever. So at some point you have to just look around and smile and be like, this is freaking cool. Yeah, it's nerve wracking, whatever, but it's just fun. Those crowds were freaking enormous, by the way. I mean, I just, you, you play in those final few holes. I looked at 17, I mean, in 18, it looked like a U.S. Open crowd out there. But take us to, can you take us to 16, when, where, where you knew you were in that golf tournament, that pin, we had seen that, pl- that hole been played on TV many times over the course of that day. You're, there were two birdies, I believe, and that, that was a holdout bunker shot. There, take, are you aiming at that flag? You hit a cut to a back left pin. Take us to that shot. Yeah, I hit a really good one on 11, a four iron high cut, and I just trusted myself. I got to 16 and, I, you know, I made a big putt on 15, so I was trying to carry some momentum to 16. It was obviously getting – those last few holes are very hard and I'm minus 18. Colin hit a beautiful, you know, four iron right at the middle of the green, held it up against the wind, hit it right where you're supposed to. Sungjae hit a really good shot, started kind of at the pin as he literally always does, and it – Faded, you know, another great shot to, you know, 25, 30 feet. And I don't know. I looked at the pin. I say this, you know, as an importance for, I guess, high-level golf. But people talk about having ball control. And I think people think that that means, you know, I know where the ball is going. But I look at it more as I know where it's not going. And I felt like I had a better chance if I aimed at it to step left of it and hit my just normal one-yard cut in my head. Because... I wasn't going to pull it. And if I fan it, I'm, I'm short, right, you know, short of Colin and Sungjae, but you know, in the middle of the green where I felt like if I aimed it too far, right with the wind off the left, my misses would be, yeah, a pull might go close, but I wasn't banking on that. And then a white would go in the bunker or, you know, 60 feet. So I kind of just stood up on that thing. My swing felt great. Uh, four irons, one of, you know, my favorite clubs. I like hitting long irons. Honestly, part of it was I was playing with Colin and Sungjae, two people who are machines, and we play the same ball flight. You know, we play little cuts, and, and they, you know, Colin's the best iron player I've ever seen in my life. And, uh, you know, he hit that beautiful shot in the middle of the green. And sometimes you just want to step up and in those moments with those big guys and see what you got. And I felt good about it, so I aimed a step left of it, and I was just going to play my one-yard cut. And I decided, you know, at some point you got to let your nuts hang a little bit. And I said, this is the swing I'm going to make. And if it works, it works. And if not, I'm still going to have an up and down to say par. And and if I don't say par, I still have two holes. So I was just – I didn't try not to make that moment too big, but I, the pin looked good to me. I didn't think I was going to be hit, able to hit it close, close. But, I, you know, just make a good swing. Like I said, I didn't feel like I was going to pull that one. So it felt like it was kind of – aligning i always think about what uh, jordan spee said on this podcast about that short right miss is kind of your best friend uh, minus one hole kind of in golf and that was a perfect example of that because short right on that hole was not going to kill me as long as i didn't aim it too far right going to 18 
What are you guys thinking? What's Don't roast me for saying you should have laid up because I still <laughs> think you should have laid up. <laughs> you know what's funny, man? TC is yesterday, uh, two days ago, so the the third round, second or third round, walking off the – we were like standing behind the green or something. And Joe, I think, had talked to another caddy about this. But he asked me, he goes, hey, he goes, one-shot lead. guy. The guy's done in the clubhouse, so you're one ahead back bunker or lay up to 90 yards and i said lay up to 90 yards so then as it always seems to i'm in the middle of the fairway i didn't say anything and joe joe goes seven wood he goes that back bunker's good and i pulled it out and i was like cool because joe you know joe as most guys joe's usually on the let's be conservative thing i'm on that i'm gonna make a two and jump in the lake <laughs> uh, mindset but I, I pulled it out and then, you know, we're waiting for Sungjae to go. And I looked at Joe, I said, you know, we talked about like literally this exact situation. I didn't know where Sam was. So that was a big difference too. I thought Sam was at 10 could make Eagle. So that was part of it. But he said, he said, it's, it's our favorite club is my seven wood. He goes, you fly that water easy. You can hit the green still. Um, and the, the biggest difference to me in a way is that hole is always in off the left. So the wedge shot from 90 that we had talked about would have been like a very chippy, I have a 90 shot with my 56 that doesn't spin a lot and they would have just fit really well downwind. I was going to actually have to think about where it was going to land. And if it gets up top, then I got a two putt, whatever. So it made a little bit of sense. But at that point, like I said, I was swinging it. Well, it felt like again, short, right. It was probably still going to get to the front edge of the green downwind. So, but it was funny. It was like kind of, it's kind of ridiculous that Joe had literally told me what we were going to do the day before. And we completely threw that in the trash, but that's, that's us a little bit, but I really enjoyed your uh, tweet. DJ's tweet, lay it up, lay it up, lay it up. Uh, I love that. <laughs> I, I, so, I mean, guys, I am for the brand. I, I'm with you guys through and through. Uh, I, I, if I would have won laying up, I feel like I would have heard about it. So uh, I figured I'd go for it and, and, you know, go down go down in flames if I did. It just felt like more could have gone wrong with that, uh, you know, and, and there's something to your feels. Like you said, uh, if I would have known exactly how confident you were about not pulling it on 16, then like, even if you end up in those left bunkers, it plugs, it goes up against the lip. Like there's just a, felt like a lot could go wrong. Whereas a wedge from 90 yards, unless you did the Kyle Stanley shot, it was, it was, you know, you were going to make part. But also I said that too, it was like, I don't know if he knows that Ryder's in trouble on 17. Because yeah, I didn't know. It, that was exactly. the big part. Cause like, I, I thought, I mean, birdie wins that golf tournament and sure. I don't know. I, that, it's interesting. You say that though, a lot can go wrong, but what I've been working on with Julie is a lot can go right as well. Yeah. <laughs> and I can hit this golf shot that I'm going to, I mean, that, that was, that was sick. Like I flushed it. That was it. so good. I, it was so I don't easy. I draw it well. And it was awesome. I, that, that's one of the few shots I've gotten to see. And I was like, damn, that's cool. Cause that one felt really good coming off and I felt comfy over it. And yeah, I, I thought Sam was at 10 and he could birdie a uh, 17, For sure. get to 11. I could still, you know, lose the golf tournament. But I felt like a birdie on that hole. I, I w- would win the golf tournament no matter what. And uh, yeah, it was obviously a lot different when I got on the green and saw he was back at nine and, you know, Joe's like from three feet, he goes, just so you know, you have two putts from here. And I said, okay, you know, this is, things just happen so fast. It's a pretty tremendous, I know y'all don't love it. We were, Joe and I were talking about how we could convince you guys how great that golf course is, (laughs) but it is, it, you know, whether you love it or hate it, even just as a viewer, it is a really great finish because 14, 15, 16, 17 are really hard. And 18 is like, you can make a three, uh, and make a big jump. So it's kind of cool. Cause that was obviously I've watched that tournament a million times as all of us have, but 
getting to play it and know like, man, there's a lot of scenarios that could go on. Uh, you know, you could be three up on the last and uh, someone's got 17, 18 to play and, you know, they could play them in three under. So it's kind of fun uh, running through the scenarios and then just trying to decide what the best decision would be uh, on that second shot. Max, we've talked about 18. We've talked about 16. I, I think certainly I had written in my notes and I know Tron and Solly the same, that par putt on number eight and what that did for you. You'd started the day five, I believe, five shots back of Sam Ryder. What what was your game plan, I guess? What, you know, st- starting five shots back, was it, you know, let's get to a certain amount by the turn? Talk to me about the mindset, and then how big was that par putt on eight? It's interesting. Every tournament's different. So if I was playing the, the Amex where, obviously, the scores are really low, I think I would have had a number in my, like a, a firm number, like in my head where I needed to go out there and, you know, I got to be more aggressive. I might move my lines closer to the pins. I might do things differently. Today, knowing that that number was going to only be 10 to 12, I was like, okay, if it's only 10 to 12, which is I'm, I'm hoping a little bit, but it was cold and it was a little bit windy and it's a really hard golf course. So knowing that I thought it would probably be 10 to 12, I was like, well, that's not a crazy low round. So I don't need to do anything outrageous. So um, I was like, just go play golf because I played phenomenal on Friday and didn't make anything. And I, I, I shot myself in the foot a couple of times. And I was like, OK, go play the same round of golf. Don't <laughs> shoot yourself in the foot. So I just went and played. So I wasn't really changing my game plan at all. I just was going to, you know, get in the hole a little bit faster. And that was fun. That's what makes those golf courses to me so enjoyable on the final rounds. I don't feel like you need to black out or anything to to win. You just have to, you know play a solid round of golf. And again, when you're five back, you need to hope a little bit, but there weren't a ton of guys between me and that lead. There was one enormous name that I'm very thankful, you know, got tired or something. Cause I, you know, that was, we were, I mean, Friday was so, he's so absurd at golf on Friday. We were, um, I was walking down some hole early and I just like having to look at a board and Rom, it said even through four. And I'm like, all right, you know, (laughs) shoo. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't even, it's not like I was playing against him. I, I was a million back of Sam, but I was like, oh, you're just interested by like greatness and he's, he's greatness. So I was like, oh, even through four. And then I got to like seven and he was five under through nine. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what is wrong with this guy? Like this isn't <laughs> real life. This golf course is so hard and he makes it look so easy. So I was very thankful John didn't go out there and, and be, you know, John, uh, it honestly is all jokes aside. It's gotta be really hard to be going for your third in a row on a golf course that hard. Um, he, he makes it look a lot easier than it really is. Um, so yeah, so not having a lot of guys in front of me makes that a lot different, but yeah, I mean, I just played, but the putt on eight, that was huge. The bunker shot. I don't know how I did it. It was, I was committed to making a four and, and trying to keep my spirits up and, and keep playing. Cause I was still going to be, like two under through eight, which is a great score out there in my mind. Um, but yeah, the, I got a really good read from Colin. I got lucky on that a lot this week. I got a lot of good reads from people right on my line. But yeah, it was good. I didn't, I didn't hold, you know, anything really significant the day prior. So to have that putt, par putt, right to left, kind of a decent amount of break, and watch it go in the middle with good speed, it was like, okay, I feel like you know today is different than the day prior. I'll push back on that a little bit because you, the, the, uh, Eagle putt on Friday on six. Yeah. 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 It's probably the one that was like, that was when I felt like, Oh my God, like this is, 
this is gonna happen <laughs> yeah that one felt good i just missed so many like right edge putts the rest of the day left edge putts and it just didn't feel good in my hands i hit a few putts after the round but yeah from distance it's weird sometimes when you're in the mix it's almost easier because it feels free and as you start to miss a few even when they're like 10 footers that you're not necessarily supposed to make you start to feel like man I, this might not be it i missed one on 14 on friday that was about as easy a leave as you could have and it you know I was just like, man, it just doesn't feel good in my hands. But, uh, you know, some of the long ones felt better, but that's kind of golf. Uh, you, you feel expectations a, a terrible, a terrible thing at times. And I felt like uh, I was forcing it from close and then long. You just feel like open to, you know, if I miss it, whatever. Like, of course, two putts are fine. But that was nice. I mean, that was nice for me, too, just because I, I bogeyed one and, um, you know, it was back to under par through six. So, uh, yeah, that was every once in a while. Uh, you you dumb one of those in, and it seems to turn your turn your week around. Putting wise, is that kind of a product of of Poa as well? Yeah, good point. Just like Great late point. in the day, short rounds. Dude, those <laughs> it's so sketchy. Uh, Sungjae had a, on sixteen. He had like two and a half feet, maybe less for par. And I I, I wasn't going to say it at the time because like we were, you know, in the hunt, but I was thinking, I was like, this has to be the hardest damn two footer I've ever seen in my life because it broke <laughs> a little bit. And I had just walked up there and like the way the sun was beaming through the tree, you could like, you want it to be in the shadow. So you can't see all the bumps when the sun shines, you can see every little footprint. And it was like the bumpiest little area I've ever seen. Collins putt went in, it was going to go in regardless fortunately but it was like eight feet out and it might have hopped like three inches in the air and i'm like how are we doing this man like how are we gonna do this uh but yeah poe gets in your head pretty bad because you you'll hit that's the problem is i probably hit some better putts than i thought i did on friday and they missed by you know a couple balls or a ball and i'm like oh what a terrible putt and it probably wasn't as bad as i thought i'm sure some of them were uh but yeah it's like that that those greens will just they they get in your head pretty fast that's from everybody aim pointing through the through the lines is what's causing all these bumps. Everyone's make, putting all these footprints in the, all over the greens and pushing their weight all through them, right? I think that's your that's your argument idea. gets worse by the day. Do you levitate as you go to pick the ball up out of the hole? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to go pick the ball up out of the hole too. So that's extra footsteps. It's just way too much foot traffic. Oh I man, think everyone, I'm so sorry, Chris. Everyone <laughs> I'm so agrees. sorry. You have to deal with all the footprints. Hey, do you want to talk about metal spikes? Because I wear the soft ones. Sure. We uh, if, that, that's really important right now. Ban I, I want to go ban them all. I, I want to revisit Tori because I, I feel like I have complicated feelings over I, I'm struggling to marry like I, I still think what I think about that golf course yet it works for pro golf like it does I'm going to give you a good explanation of this because we talked okay. about it Joe and I talked about it I, for you guys only because I know you guys don't love it obviously TV doesn't do it a bunch of justice I saw your tweet about Keegan back bunker on 18 it shows just how much harder that shot is than like a routine bunker shot but first and foremost, the course is known from, from your guys' vernacular as a kind of a bob and gouge joint. What's interesting about it is I totally get it and I agree. However, to make birdies, you, you do need to be in the fairway. So why I love it so much and why I think it's such a great golf course is because you can't play that golf course from the rough and win the golf tournament. You can be successful you can you because the scores are so high you can shoot one under but it is hard and and one under is about where you're going to get to maybe two or three if you are putting like a maniac but to make birdies you have to be in those fairways the 14th hole has plagued me every time i've ever played there and on friday 
I hit a great drive down the middle and we had a wedge in and had like 12 feet and made it for birdie. And Joe laughed and he said, when we got up in the fairway, I was like, damn, this hole's easy. But it never is because that green, you run pins on the left and right. So uh, Saturday, last round's on the left. So you can blow it into the right rough. But when it was the first day and it's back right, you can't play that hole from the right rough. Like there's, it felt like this is going to be dumb and this is a, an extreme exaggeration, but it feels like 16 at, um, or I guess three even at St. Andrews, where if you are not in the spot, you can't even look at the hole. Like there's no hole over there. You're going to play it. I've done it. I've been in the right rough, hit it to 80 feet left. And then you have an 80 footer for birdie. So they have holes like that. Seven is like that. You hit that fairway and the hole does not feel that hard. You miss that fairway and it's a nightmare. So they have a lot of those things. I get your guys kind of gripe about some of the, you know, it, it's, it's, it's repetitive and whatnot. But 17 is a badass hole, man. There, there's hazard on the left. Everybody blows it right. Um, that Those bunkers up the right are horrendous. Um, again, They've renovated people, that one. So, they, you know, they're gaining on things, right? They so they, they move that I, fairway I just, closer I like to the canyon. Yeah. I get y'all's point, but I, I, I think it's better. I honestly think it's better than you guys get just because you can't bomb and gouge it to a win. You can, you, you need to hit the fairways. And someone like Colin proved that I, you know, I play with them three of the days, but on um, – Friday, I think he hit like 11 fairways and it really did look like tremendously easy. Whereas me and Will were kind of in the, in the rough, a decent amount. And it's like, we're playing a different golf course on some holes. Well, so to this point though, the way it played this year, the fairways were soft adjacent. I mean, they weren't like pillow soft, right? But you could hold them a lot easier. They're narrow as shit. I think when it's really firm and you have very narrow fairways, it's so freaking hard to hold the fairways that everyone's going to miss a lot of them. And it just becomes a, then it's like a bottom gotcha. gouge, like just the farther yeah. down Wing you get. Foot. Yeah. It, that's pretty much it. But this week it played really good of like, no dude, like thread the fairway. You could, you have a chance to hold them one. And there's an obvious benefit to doing it because the rough was extra thick and a true penalty. Right. So uh, that's why I'm saying like this year, it was kind of like, dude, if it kind of plays like that, like, it makes the, the tee shots a lot more fun to watch. Honestly, of like I, I'm really curious if they hit the fairway here because that is going to be a total difference maker. I mean, it was still less than 50% of uh, fairways were hit yeah. this week on South, which is insane. And Morikawa hit 46 of 56 fairways this week, 82% at Torrey Pines. <laughs> I, that, He's I, a freak, dude. <laughs> mind blown on that stat. But, man, it just – What the I don't hell know. is that? Yeah, the finish to that to that goal. I, a farmers does always deliver. It creates really good drama. Like, it, it, like the path to getting there, it's a hard four day watch. And I still hate like thick rough a foot off the green that you can blade a ball and it just stops right there. Like I think that's pretty bad design. But dude, it it works. Like I don't think we've been too hard on it. Like I still just like look at the fairway. I'm like that's a really fucking dumb hole. But it's really fun to watch and it it does work. I think for yeah. me, it's more like I look at it and I'm like, what could be. Right. Like I look at all sure. that coastline and all that cliffside and I'm like, man, what could be or, you know, number four, like all the great land around that. And there's just so much more you could have done with that land. But I think for pro golf, it's, it's fucking sick. It's like it, it like it's kind of like Bay Hill where like I'm good. Like I don't need to go play there a bunch, but like <laughs> I love watching you guys play it. Three guys shot over 80 yesterday, you know? Yeah. Um, and like it was awesome. Like, I mean, I was blown away. Like your shot on on. um on 11 T, but then like 12, you hit that little cut, uh, like was so, so good off the T and then 13, you get up there and, you know, hook one and like, you know, play the shape of that fairway. It was cool to see you working it both ways in certain spots off the T. I know Joe only gives you one draw per yeah, day or per week, but 
The cutoff yeah. 17 was sick too. Cut yeah. it out over the canyon with a tournament on the line, just <laughs> just with zero hesitation. It was so easy. It looked easy. That, that those are the ones again. Like if I bail on that, I probably make bogey again. Why? Like I love that hole because I did it on um, the round prior, and I, my ball kind of buries under the lip. Uh, and so like I get up on that tee shot, and it's like Joe. Joe's like we're either hitting driver or seven wood. There's no three wood play. Your three wood goes right in the bunker. I'm like okay. So I was like expecting him to say three wood or uh, seven wood because. You know, I just hit one to the middle of the green or whatever, but I wanted to hit driver in the back of my mind because I've been swinging it so well. And then, you know, Colin was over his ball. Joe didn't say anything and just tapped at the driver. And I'm like, hell yeah. And I said, I'm aiming this thing in the right down the cut line uh, of, or the hazard line. And I'm going to hold the face. I'm going to rotate. I'm going to do everything I work on. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit my cut and it's just going to work. I, I, you know, taking a page out of what, what, what Colin does, truly. Like, I mean, he owns that golf shot. And, um, I was like, you just got to trust that. So, like, I, I mean, you, you have to trust yourself at some point if you want to play that. If, for me, if I want to play that hole, not every hole is going to fit your eye. And that one does not fit my eye in the least. And I don't know. Those are the fun ones to me. Like, this shot on 18 is cool. But, like, the one on 17 on a, on a shot that j- just doesn't feel comfortable at all to just have some faith and and swing away uh is fun that, that was that was a good one but that's why that course is cool i think there's a lot of uh change in like angles off the tee where like some holes feel comfy as hell to cut it and some holes feel horrible to cut it where drawers i feel like it has a good balance to your point tc about like professional golf i think has a great balance of that because like i'll stand on some tees and be like this feels horrible <laughs> and then the very next hole be like oh yeah i feel so comfortable watch this and mm-hmm. it's it, it makes you uneasy and it makes you feel at home and it all throughout the same round you talked in the preview episode, which shout out to the NOU podcast bump, back to back weeks, incredible. Um, On fire. You talked about the impact of Julie, the sports psychologist you work with, and you've referenced it a couple of times here. And like, I, it, I'm wondering that moment on 17, cutting it out over the canyon, started th- starting that shot. I'm, I'm marrying the two things here to see like that seems like a reflection of confidence that she's put in you, or you guys have earned together. Yeah, uh, a lot of it is just trusting trusting myself. That's what she yeah. tells me. Um, she says, observe, uh, don't critique yourself. So observe the ball fly, go find it. It's a lot of probably what Dustin Johnson does. You know, he just kind of hits ball, uh, finds ball, hits ball again. Uh, and it just, they're all, they all feel very equal to him. That's how it seems at least when he plays. And that's what I was trying to do. Have faith in myself. If I'm going to hit a golf shot, hit the, hit the fucking golf shot. And then go, you know, if, if it wasn't great, then you move along and you can work on it later. But you, if you're going to decide to hit the driver there, you have to you have to aim it where you are going to hit the fairway, or else what's the point? So, mm. a lot of that is from her. She's just been uh, on me about all that, just not not weighing too much on each shot. She even sent me like a, a text the night before with a quote about how something that probably plagues athletes is they say this is such a big moment or such a big shot or such a big uh, at bat or whatever, such a big play. And they forget that they've done this thousands of times. And if they can just get themselves in that mode of, I'm just, this is just one of a thousand. And that, that's kind of how I looked at it. But it was bigger for me, like 14, 15, though, 13, 14, 15, that stretch of like the tough, because I kept saying, there's no roadmap to how this is going to go. I can bogey all these holes and still win the golf tournament. Like just play, like see what happens and play. And I make two of those putts, miss one, 
not perfect, but move along. Whereas maybe old me misses all three, maybe old me misses two. But just I felt like I saved a lot of golf shots with my mind this week through four days, and I needed all of them. Uh, and that's I think what you got to do to beat these fields that are, um, you know, that that lead. Like I said, that leaderboard was was filled with with you know tremendous talent that's had a lot of success uh, on on. Uh, big, you know, major venues and and in majors as well. Thirteen sweet. That whole thirteen sick. I hate the back tee though, dude. You should be able to get there. It's so much more fun when you can get there. I think in the 08 U.S. Open, Tiger and Lee Westwood were able to get there and both went for it and like both sniped it in the shit. Yeah. It's like when you can't get there, the layup's so dumb. You can't see <laughs> anything, and then you can't see anything going up to the green. The green is that, absurd. Though. No, it's I like, know. I, it's like super uncomfortable. Yeah. And like, it's like on that one, how much did you miss your spot on that, on that approach shot? Like by like uh, a Colin foot and I or two? were laughing about it. I was, our, my divot and his divot pitch mark on the green were, mine was probably two inches left to his and had a little more draw spin off the, like the upslope uh, going up that hill. And I had 40 feet, no chance. And he's got like a pretty good look from like 15 feet. And we were both laughing because we had walking up that fairway. We were talking about how this green is just the most absurd green. And then, of course, it plays out just like that because we were fixing these ball marks nearly right next to each other. And one of us is happy. One of us is shaking. <laughs> well, what was it like being mic'd up for that hole on, on Friday? You told me it was Saturday, so I got my tweet all wrong. My so bad. I told yeah. you. I was like, I let Solly down. I forgot <laughs> that the tournament was, was Thursday <laughs> to Sunday. What was that process like? And kind of talk to me about what how that's going to hopefully be a part of the future of, of coverage of golf. We have been talking about it for a couple months, and the idea was to bring fans in to learn. It wasn't for an interview. It was to learn. Even if you could only hear me and Joe, I thought that it would be an advancement uh, in what we've been doing. So, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I, I got on the tee. I hit my tee shot. They handed me a, a AirPod, and I walked. Trev starts asking me questions, and about, but he did a great job. It was like about what the hole was it was not about how it is playing golf as a dad it's not about being in contention it's about like golf like this hole like that's what we wanted it to be so uh getting up there um you know then he's asking me you know what what's your plan like would you go for it and i kind of told him and and it worked out kind of well because i said i'll go for it and get past the first two bunkers and can get into the last bunkers and i didn't hit it well so it goes into between the two and it's in a really bad spot but that was kind of the point is there's no good leave there unless you can get it to the front two bunkers. And I didn't hit it well enough to get there, but we went for it because I, I should have been able to. And then I got to have my fun at <laughs> the plug lie and enjoy myself <laughs> for uh, anybody uh, watching who is not a casual. That was, that was enjoyable. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I get to like hack it around and whatever, but it was fine. I, I would be lying if I said it wasn't slightly distracting, but part of the distraction was good because it was, I was still in the golf tournament and I felt almost like loose in a way. So it wasn't the worst thing, but I was talking to Sam Stevens who I played with that day about it. And he said something, he said, you know, is that the first time you've done that? I said, yeah. And he, and I was like, I'm hoping more people will want to do this in the future, but I'm going to, you know, hopefully it went well. And he goes, yeah, because not everybody, you know, wants to be like as, as personable with the thing as you. And I said, I, I, I get that. But I, I said, the point of this, though, is that if you want it to be just they have an AirPod on your caddy and they can hear us better and maybe your caddy can hear them ask one question, he could elaborate on something that would be a, a, an improvement. So I was like, this doesn't need to be a walk and talk like I did. Like, 
we can make it what you want it to be, but like something going forward for the fans of golf to get inside the ropes and understand what's going on. And that's, so I think there's a lot of flexibility to it. I'm hoping that other players will see that as an option and it doesn't have to be as uh, in depth as I, I went with it, but like, I'm comfortable with that. I understand most, you know, not most, I understand some people aren't and that's cool, but I think that there are options to this where, you know, caddy has it can't player doesn't hear anything the caddy might elaborate a little more but you can hear us talk about the shot i think that in the very least would be a, a an improvement can i i mean the, the the payoff for golf fans is is obvious can i make a total pitch that you can use if you need this uh, you know the first thing i was thinking of was while i was watching it was you were uninterrupted on camera for like many minutes oh, yeah. in a row. And if you need a tiebreaker for the pip at the end of the year, there's a Nielsen rating to this thing, right? Like and you got, yeah. imp- like if you need, if people want to, you know, start racing each other on this kind of pip thing, there's a great thing for golf fans and there could be tremendous financial benefit. All your sponsors got a shitload of airtime. The golf fans paid, like made benefit for it. And I thought there was so much positive that came from that. And if players need convincing, like that could be a thing. Colin, if you're tired of finishing 11th, this would be a great thing for you. <laughs> and then once everybody's doing it, it kind of becomes a little bit of an arms race. I just think that there's uh, benefits to be had all around with it. And we, we appreciate you leading by example on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I do think that I definitely thought of the exposure part. Um, I guess I didn't go straight to pit, but that does make <laughs> sense. But I thought, I thought if I had a dream world, I think every after the second round, every um, anybody in they, they go to a group in 20th place in the TV window ahead of the lead and um, not knowing if they're going to go ball out or have a tough day or whatever, but they'll be in a good time to kind of prep what's about to happen, you know, and 20th ish place. And they ask a guy in the group, Hey, would you be comfortable being mic'd up? That guy says, no, maybe they ask the next guy and then see if you can get somebody in there who it could be somebody who wants to uh, be a part of it just because they like the idea. It could be somebody who just wants exposure because I do think that a, a tough part about our gig out here is if you're not one of the top guys, you don't get random TV time. You get, hey, I'm playing phenomenal TV time. Exposure is great. You can bring that to sponsors or you can just enjoy it and be like, look, you know, your your son, your dad's on TV. Like, watch this. Like, this is so cool. It is cool. Embrace man. being like, an was, entertainer. You guys are yeah. entertainers. Embrace it. So I think there's options to it and I, I hope you know, people probably won't catch on right away, but I, I told Andy, uh, I'm down to do this as long as uh, he wants for, you know, until maybe somebody catches on. And if it doesn't ever work, then I, you know, I guess to your point, I'll just fly up this pit, pit rankings. Tiger <laughs> is shaking in his boots right now. <laughs> Plus it'd be cool too, just for, for doing it on the correct hole, whether it's somebody who's not in the hunt and you watch them and hear them play that hole, like, like 18 would be a perfect example. Somebody has, yeah. you know, 242 in you hear their you hear their conversation with their caddy and then you file that away for when the leaders are coming down the stretch and they have that same shot you know that's exactly how i looked at it i was like i it worked out i was always going to do this one so it worked out that you know i was late in the telecast so it felt important but like i want it where someone plays it you watch golf all day which it can be tough you know in the beginning but at the end of every day it doesn't matter what round it gets more exciting on the week on the on the final two rounds at least but i i want it so that oh man now john rom's coming down this hole we already watched this he's exactly where so and so was and he made a mess of it or or he made eagle you know and like you're like you already have a 
context feeling towards that yeah you have yeah. context so that that's how i'd like it to be it worked out this week in a weird way but it was the first one like i said i was always going to do it so we were just uh hoping for anything i had to make the cut to make it work so i had a little extra pressure but um yeah it, it like i said there's a lot of variations to it i can see uh i want to give a shout out on the pod dj pie helped me a lot with this um once andy came to me with the idea i called i have like these weekly solve the world's problems calls with dj pie and uh, he, you know, I, we talked about this a lot and he, he gave me good info as to what, you know, you guys, the fans want it know and what we could kind of provide. And that's why I was really impressed by CBS going to the questions were about the shots, the, the club choices, the decision making. That's what it is. It is not a it is not a walk and talk. It's not how are your kids? It is it is for you guys, not for us. I think, too, just to piggyback on this you know they um on the espn plus coverage this week right they have featured holes i think it'd be really interesting to get this concept as almost a a stream at at events right where like i'm thinking like the the ninth hole at harbor town for instance that just has a ton of different decisions off the tee You, you couldn't do it with every group because of the nature of you know how how the groups play the hole but maybe it's like every other hole, man. That's a that's a stream I would love to tune into. You know, especially early in the tournament, the the first couple of days watching, or like the uh, shit, the tenth at Riviera would be another yeah. one. You'd, you'd have to have buy in, right? And you'd have to get guys from each of these groups to to participate. But it, yeah, it's such a cool concept. I think they could do a lot with it. I honestly think to that point, Randy, that's a good point. I think you could just take the Aon hole because they don't do enough with that, anyways, yeah. and just pick a couple guys to do that each week and 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 just file it away for when the time is needed you could post produce that and then throw it out there because do you guys know what the aon risk world hole was this week do they okay good yeah so i usually usually don't know to look in your book so it's like i'm assuming not everybody gets what hole it is so it'd be nice to have a you know context to why it is the risk world hole but you know, they actually did a better they, job this week of, of explaining why. Like it was, okay, it was yeah. there was some strokes gained stuff and some some statistics and, and and stuff to back it up. It was good. Yeah, sometimes it's just like that. a quick like, and this is the Aeon hole. <laughs> it's like sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, Max, we're not gonna keep you forever, man. We we could, of course, but uh, I, I know you got you got a some, got beers to drink. Yeah, you got some party uh, delayed partying to get to. Uh, I'll put that straw hat on, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I did want to say, Max, you know, you and I sitting on the living room, we were arguing about Ricky Fowler. Now, here you are with more PGA Tour (laughs) wins than Ricky Fowler. What what an accomplishment. Can you give me a couple of minutes, Randy? Can you do the thing you promised me you would do when I got good? Oh, my God. What what did I promise? You tell me that I I just if I don't win a major, I'm just a bum sellout who's not good enough to be worthy of any of any accolades. Uh, Yeah, you've won enough now. It's time. I see no yellow on your majors for the Wikipedia page. It's it's disgusting. It's a disgrace. Uh, Many people think you're a fluffer. Um, I think there (laughs) are you know, a lot of concerns coming out can. Max can't compete in the big ones. He's I think on that's the, the storyline. He's on the death watch list. And yeah. and yeah, and we're we're really considering you for death watch at the end of this year. So that's yeah, sick. good luck. That's every, I think every <laughs> win I have puts me one more foot under you. Yeah. It's not a major. Yeah, that's six feet down grave. That's yeah. six feet under. Yeah, that's exactly. not good, man. Yeah. I right, thank you, you for that, Randy. I needed that. 
Oh, I'll okay. say justified right. in not mentioning your T3 at Century as well. Because yeah, that, that, felt, that's, that felt quite nice. <laughs> that's irrelevant. It's irrelevant now because you just... appreciate that. But sincerely, though, we're so pumped for you, man. It's very cool to see you have all this success. We know how freaking hard you've worked for it and have uh, have done such a great job entertaining golf fans along the way and letting people in, and that's not easy to balance all that. So um, congratulations. We're so pumped for you. It, it feels very – it still feels surreal. Like, I still, like, can't – fully trust like I, i'm probably looking at this like through biased lens like this is my friend up here winning he can't be that good is he and he really <laughs> is so it's just it's just Thank fucking you. awesome it's it was so awesome. cool watching you i think you were doing an interview with kira and you could see Lacey rocking <laughs> cam in the background it was really really cool yeah. you said some nice things about Lacey as well just you know kind of hey like she lets you get really good at golf and practice golf and focus on that it's yeah it's, it, it's cool mean, to see the perspective man <laughs> you need yeah the perspective but you you need help in this man uh in any in any uh in any job and, and she has a much harder one than i do um but speaking of kids did freddie get that ice cream that was the greatest text message for anybody who doesn't know tron was texting uh our group like two days ago and you must have been doing the voice text so it's like oh max you know great job today hey freddie calm down we're going to get ice cream these are like the texts i'm reading he did <laughs> he did some more the next day yeah we were all like like huddled around my phone we were at jurassic world like like live down at like the the arena here in jacksonville and we're all huddled around my phone and freddie was more excited watching you win than, than i was it was awesome so it was his That's birthday awesome. yesterday so it was a, it was a cool Good, birthday well. present so happy birthday to Mr. Frederick. Well, Tron's not telling you this, Max, but the, Tron told Freddie that you would win for him on his birthday. It was kind <laughs> of a Costanza, you know, Paul O'Neill situation. So that is stressful. Glad you got me you off came the hook. through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Well, thank you, boys. This was also just added. Awesome to get this uh, alert that I had this to do today via like the Titleist people. <laughs> Usually it's just a text. I texted you last night. You never responded to our group chat. I was kind of like, oh, maybe maybe he's ready to move on. No, from no, this, I was but... coming in. I was okay. coming in, but I was just surprised that like my agent goes, hey, so like Solly and the No Laying Up boys are going to do something with Titleist and you're going to be involved if you want. And I'm like, yeah, man. So we do this like every time. <laughs> so I was going on regardless even when it was Callaway. So uh, it was just funny to get this from uh, from the actual like higher ups this time. All right. Well, thank you, brother. Enjoy the football today and uh, go win you a major. too. Love you, boys. Yeah. See ya. See ya, Max. Bye. So when FootJoy wins, you also win. Max wears FootJoy from head to toe, including FootJoy apparel and Premier Series shoes. And to celebrate Max's win, FootJoy is giving you the chance to win a similar head-to-toe look for yourself. All you got to do, go to the No Laying Up Instagram post that teases or previews this episode uh, with Max. Like the post and and follow FootJoy. They're going to pick a random winner from those entries. Oh, guys, I wouldn't. I mean, we set a whole agenda for today, not expecting that we were going to spend 45 minutes with the champ of the of the event this week. But we, I, I think I feel like we've covered the max stuff. But where do you guys want to go next? Yeah, this might be a six hour pod. Well, I should note we are recording this Sunday, of course, and the final round of the, of the event in Dubai has not been played yet. We're going to talk some about that, but we do not know who the winner is. Rory leads by three. Uh, but just putting putting that out there for now. It's noon on Sunday. Uh, I, I just. I don't know. I can't get over how much Max loves the moment, loves the pump, loves the, he just, he, he just loves that decisive, you know, defining moment or moments like the, the par pot on eight, the shots that he hit into the par threes, played the par threes, three under the final round, uh, which is those, those par threes are insane. Um, 
And just Which, uh, like he's 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 starting to develop this full arsenal of shots. That's just it's like truly like there's maybe three guys in the world that have this full arsenal. It's crazy. I don't regret anything I've ever said about how difficult it is to win and how hard like how hard it is to freaking rack up wins against fields like this and all that. But Max, Max's ability to have thrown made me look horrible on all that stuff. How easy he's made it to look to win six freaking times on the PGA Tour is what blows my mind the most. Like it is not half, not even a, he had the fact that he's never had a second is insane. Like like Jack Nicholas had nineteen second place finishes in majors, and Max has never had a runner up. Every close call he's had, he's won. That's so unlikely, and it speaks to something. Like there is definitely something there. I mean, five five wins in his last what forty four or forty five starts. Forty six starts, I believe. Yes, only only Rom has won more than him since the beginning of twenty twenty one. It's crazy how 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 lucky he's gotten in relation to like a big tone. There it is. Instance, You're trying too hard. You're trying too hard with this. You're reaching too far with. There's it. There's something there though, man. Like it's something that the stats can't pick up, right? Like, it's Finau's also won five times now. Like you can't do this big, anymore. But they're not big dick events. Like he's won two big dick events. Not. Not five, or well, six. I, I think Sally. I let me let me try to thread this needle here <laughs> as somebody that's been vociferously on one side. I I, I do not want to make this a comparison to Fina, but I think specific to Max himself, um, the, the winning you know what five times in his last forty six starts, having five victories, uh, trailing after fifty four holes. I mean, we we are so fortunate, and the audience. He he has been explicit in how hard he has worked at this, and I think hearing him, you know, his his interview just moments ago, like he works really really hard. And I don't want to take anything away from other people because I don't know how hard everybody else is working. You know, we we get this insight into Max on a pretty regular basis, which is cool. But I will say, you know, it's it's like any other sport you got to think that guys aren't work necessarily working as hard as Max. And so I, I Tron, to your point, I think that that is what shines through like that. That's that intangible it that's helping him collect these wins. I mean, it, it at, at a certain point it's, yo, you've, you've put in the work and, and now you're reaping the rewards. I don't know. I, I think that's kind of simplistic, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, if you, if you work that hard and prepare that much, Good things are going to happen. And it's not like a fiend out today. I just, I'm, I'm using him as an example, but you could have said the same thing about, you know, other guys in the past. I think it's always something where everybody works hard out there. But when guys, when your peers call out just how hard you work and just how like, and, and I think the amount of self-belief that that creates and the amount of confidence too, that, that, I mean, same thing with Joe, Max's caddy, Joe Griner, like those two have like the, the, the level of trust that Max has in Joe and like reading the golf magazine piece on Max from a couple weeks ago too. It's like Joe, Joe, I think is the one that brought Max's coach Blackburn into the fold as well. Like Joe's Joe is, you know, part of this equation as is Lacey, right? Like she's allowing him to focus on the stuff that he needs to focus on. It's, it's just awesome to see all this stuff play out in real time. It's, it's insane. But I, I'll say to this too, though, he, uh, yes to the, obviously to all of the working hard stuff, but you can't work hard at hitting 
the best possible shots yeah. under the max amount of pressure. Like that, 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 that is something that's different, right? That's something that you can't simulate. I don't care how many, there's an element of course to that, of repetition and knowing it's there, but that just speaks to a, I hate to use a generalization of like a killer mentality thing, but dude, that there's something different about that. There's definitely like, something to that. I, 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 I think that's true. I personally believe that it, it's a product of preparation and, and the more prep you put in, the, the more relaxed, the more you're able to allow yourself to perform in those moments. That's that's my belief. And I will also say, you know, I think Max is a huge fan of Kobe Bryant, right? You know, everybody, all NBA players work hard, but my favorite stories are when those guys would then go work out with Kobe and it was like, oh, no, I didn't really yeah. know what working <laughs> hard meant until I went with him. Now, I don't know if Max is on Kobe's level, but I know he loves that you know grinding through the process and that's you know that's where i think a lot of this you know why don't certain guys win a little bit more i i i think it kind of comes back to that but it's it's hard to know because we just don't have that window into all these guys off the course an unnamed tour pro had had told us back in may of last year uh, was kind of like a, I was, when he said it, I was kind of like, eh, okay, well maybe again, kind of going back to that's our friend. Like, I don't know if I could really picture this, but so like, no, no, Max is like set on like being the best player in the world, like number one in the world. And man, that just looks a little different. Uh, nine months later, or whatever that is since the, since we heard that comment is kind of like, man, it is very, very possible. It really is. And I, I just to see the confidence in him marrying up, like what he's talking about with true visualization is, it's God mode. It really is. I mean, that's such an, this is, I, I, Genesis is what it is like that. This was a more impressive win to me to do that gains eight shots on the field on a Sunday on a difficult golf course and make it look easy. was just freaking amazing, dude. I'm, I'm so I'm excited for, for it to bear itself in majors, right? Yeah. Cause it's, you know, like he's doing this on some of the best courses on the PGA tour, like for, from a, you know, some of the toughest places to win on the PGA tour, whether that's Riviera or, like Quail Hollow, big boy golf course, uh, or TPC Potomac. Like that place is fucking hard. Um, it's like that. And then like, I mean, shit, he holds the course record at, at LACC, right? Like he's like, you know, I'm just like, I've been, I've, I already said it like last, I think last year, I'm like, I think Max at LACC, but like, I think that's just, it's like, let's just lean into it. Right. Like that would be the ultimate hometown win. I think Max needs to, He's won three of the five tournaments in California now. I think he needs to go win Pebble. He, he needs to go win Palm Springs. I think, you know, like he be needs, the king of California, man. He needs to go back down and win a, a corn, the Stone Braid. They still have that Corn Ferry event. He needs to go win that one. Like he needs to just sweep all of the California events. But RVN SCN said Max Holma, realistic chances at Augusta, no recency bias. Like I'm, I'm starting it's to like visualize this chances in a different everywhere, way. Right? Yeah. I like, mean, like Hoy yeah. Lake. You know, Oak Hill, it's, you know. Yeah, that's what's fun about this conversation is I, I don't think the world golf rankings have been updated, but he's essentially like a top 10 player in the world. So, yeah, it, he kind of is like he needs to be in the conversation at, at every major, I feel like. And to do all this, like, after having your first kid. Yeah, like, seriously. That shit, like, messes with you, man. <laughs> like, your, your sleep cycles, your just your emotions, like, all that. I mean, that's... That's even more impressive. It's just yeah. awesome. He hasn't lost a step. He hasn't lost a beat. All right. I think we've appropriately fluffed him. It was yeah. close to an yeah. hour. I think that was, we, <laughs> we're, we're uh, 
ready to move on from this. But but he needs a top ten in a major. Let's be serious. <laughs> He needs one badly this year. Thank you for standing firm on that one, Randy. I was going to say, if Keegan messed that up yesterday, that was going to be like an all-time nut tap, you know, punch in the gut. That would have been awful. Yeah, we're thankful for that. Sam Ryder played a freaking amazing golf <laughs> tournament. He led that tournament for like 48 hours, and that's just a very, very taxing place to do that, I think, and it finally... Finally wore him down. He hit the ball really, really well on Saturday. Had a ton of good looks at birdie and hit what looked like really good putts that that found edges. And it was, to me, it was kind of like, all right, this looks sustainable. Like this ball striking looks sustainable. And if he gets some putts to go, he might be able to stretch this lead out enough that uh, no one's able to catch him. But he it, it caught up with him. Bad tee shot on 15 on Sunday. Cost him, made a double bogey. And a Saturday. These, Saturday, these, Sunday, the, fourth yeah, round. The tournament God dates are killing us. God I know. damn it. <laughs> uh, on Saturday, you're right, round four. And he ends up finishing a T4, which I was, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was a long, it was it was impressive a tough to course. hold on for that long. It was. Putted really well. I think I think it kind of went away when the, with the, the shot over the green on eight. That was tough. That was a tough, was tough. tough leave. Yeah, I, I I watched Friday and I just could not believe his back nine round three Friday, how many six to ten foot par putts he was making yeah. on that POA. Like it that's when it was like, God, this just does not really feel sustainable for him. But but props to him. He hung around. It's a it's a hell of a finish and a result for him. Um uh, I'll but say yeah, this. It, it felt that, sketchy. So that sustainability point, the, as the golf channel was going off the air Sunday. So he had birdied the first hole, and then he made a bunch of pars through then. And I forget who it was kind of teed it up of saying, like, Sam Ryder has, you know, settled into his round. And Frank Nabolo put his, like, hand up. It was like, I, I don't think he has. I don't think he has settled yeah, into his yeah, round. Yeah, it, it was Sans and Nabolo. And Nabolo, yeah. like, and, and Sans was like, all right, so, you know, he settled in. He's like, no, 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 no I do not. No, like, no. I want to very, very, very vocally say I do not. <laughs> I don't think he's in. Yeah, and that was a, a good point. And I, I mean, we don't have to go full Amsterdam now. I got a lot to say probably on that. But the early golf channel coverage was just awesome. I mean, Nabilo and Oberholzer and Kurt Byron are a really great trio at describing exactly what you're look, uh, describing what's going on without describing exactly what's on the screen. All of the they complement each other really well. They uh, they're describing all the factors that your eyes don't necessarily see, and it just you can take your eyes off the screen a little bit and kind of understand exactly what kind of challenge somebody has in front of them and how things are going. And that was, uh, I, I, I can't, in my mind, I don't know if those three have really worked together, but it, I, that sounded different to me and really, really engaging. And I wanted to shout that one out. But. So you had a good point too, about Ryder in our notes where it's always tough when you see a guy get crowned maybe a little bit by the North course. I, I one thing about this tournament, when somebody goes out and runs from people on the north and then just kind of like holds on in the south, it feels just slightly cheap, right? I mean, it, the the north and south ask. I mean, granted, everyone plays that that rotation those first two days, but the south just asks very different questions than the north does. And he was one under par on the south course for the week, and so you know, even if he'd have finished at twelve under, he would have been you know only only four under on the south course this week, and that just didn't scream like winner of this event um and so it it it's hard to survive uh you know that, that was kind of what kyle stanley did back in 2012 was he posted a ridiculously low number on the north and just tried to hold on on the south and did for a long time and obviously it did not uh work out in the 18th hole. 11 years later that one still stings a little bit but um i think the most important question when it comes to rider though the biggest topic of conversation was the joggers and uh, a, a lot, <laughs> I believe somebody described it as half of a onesie. I, 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 need, some, I need some opinions on these because I'm in on joggers on the golf course. I think it's the shoe combo is what I think we're going to get from TC. 
that's where I'm at. Okay. I think like you got to wear joggers with the more athletic, yeah. more kind of, uh, you know, just like non-traditional golf shoes. Was it the style issue or the color issue? Cause some people were giving them grief about wearing black shoes with them. I think it's like the style of the shoe. I think, you know, I like, cause I've seen the same guys wear the, wear the premieres with like a white shoe. And I think it looks bad there too. So okay. for me, it was the color of the joggers. It was tough. I kind of dug the color. Wine maroon. I, yeah, Sally, you love that color. You always wear that color. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. And I, my fashion sense is certainly not anything to, to speak of, but it didn't bother me. I, you know, some people's outfits bother me. I, I didn't, nothing about his outfit bothered me. Uh, it bothered John Phil. It did bother Phil. Oh, that's right. Phil Mickelson had a tweet saying, you know, why are, why aren't shorts allowed yet? These, uh, these, I forget what it actually was. I'm blocked of course. Um, but me too. Uh, Somebody screenshotted it. It was like, but he's showing like four inches. Like what's the difference between ankles and he sounds like a nun like halves or something. I, yeah. You know, measuring, I know. measuring the space between like the top of a, or the uh, bottom <laughs> of a skirt and the top. He's of getting the, the ruler out. Yeah. As always, like, as always, Phil, yeah. the answer to this question is in the PGA Tour handbook. I don't know if you still have one. Uh, I believe you've given up your membership, or I can't even keep track of what Phil did exactly. But the answer is in there, I'm sure. I'm, I believe there's a difference between the two. But uh, Phil decided to get a little chippy a couple times on Twitter this past week, allegedly. Um, somebody, somebody reacted to that tweet, and I apologize I don't have it in front of me, but I'm just remembering. It was like, dude, they paid you $200 million. Why do you still care about this stuff? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Also, like maybe Phil should care about like, like, can women wear joggers? <laughs> like, do his bosses let women wear joggers? Do his bosses yeah. let women wear shorts? Stuff like that. TC, that's an interesting question. And I was begging you to put that out on Twitter so you could get blocked and they could put our two tweets up in the Hall of Fame for, because uh, I, I still think that one was my favorite one ever, the one that, that got me blocked. But I didn't want to fight all the live bots yesterday. That's fair. Just, you know. That's that's for Sundays, not Saturdays. The rare stinker from Rom with a, a seventy-four. Are we worried about Rom going forward? Like, can he close mm. the deal? <laughs> Does he stink? Does he stink? <laughs> I think that's the question. He was I undone wish... by an acorn. Oh, I hope yeah. people. Uh, which you know, I may need to share the clip of how much Randy's face just lit up as soon as I started joking about that because I I think he's serious. No, uh, I'm not. Rom's Rom's a very good golfer. He's he's winning more. He's winning. I commensurate with with a world class player. It's it's fantastic, but that was a tough break. His 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 for his front nine was that Friday front nine the the thirty. Yeah, and then oh he just God. totally hit the skids there at the turn. I do think he was. Dottie mentioned it yesterday. I do think he was a little bit unsettled by Ryder's pace of play. You know, he just seemed all out of sorts and was kind of, you know, just struggling to kind of find a rhythm. Which listen, that's probably something he needs to get better at, right? It's got, he's got to be exhausted. And honestly, the fast totally. turnaround from, from Amet, like to playing a pro am Tuesday, which he was not real happy about rolling into the Wednesday start. He had a really sluggish start on Wednesday and then caught fire. It, it I mean, I was, I was su- more honestly, more surprised to see him like in contention with a very good chance to win than I was like surprised that he faded just because that's just really freaking hard to do. Um, I would guess. I would. I would guess winning takes a lot out of you. Again, I'm just going off the things that we hear from people, but it. Uh, it. it, it I think this goes down as a really good week for him. Um, His double on five, like where he had. I mean, he kind of made a mess. He had several <laughs> chips. He had an acorn underneath the ball, uh, which you know 
kind of an homage to the Hamon, uh, the uh, Spanish ham, Hamon Iberico. Um, but making that putt even like for double, like he made what, like a 12, 15 foot putt for double. It's like, man, like this guy. Like, it's it, tough. It, it Can't just, him. Yeah. It just felt like kind of a, all right, like, you know, you're probably exhausted. This was a weird double kind of caught up with you, but then to make the putt was like, all right, shit. Like he's, he's still battling, man. I'm calling on somebody. I know there's a lot of announcers that are listening to this show, listeners to this show. I'm calling on somebody to sneak in a buoy reference. You don't have to call him the buoy, but I want somebody to make a, a unsinkable kind of just to just to float that Easter egg out there just for the Twitter folks. Cause so many people on Twitter now are calling him the buoy. Um, a, a lot of people I run into in the streets come up to me and say, how did you come up with that nickname? The buoy? Everyone, all my friends are saying it behind the scenes, but I want somebody to say it on TV. That's the next, that's the next frontier for this nickname that everyone is using. It was, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, how much, I, I, I think the other interesting question with that final group was how much was, did Rom and Finau kind of be in house cats there affect Sam Ryder? That's my question. Guys, Finau was, I'm not going to address that. He was seven over on the par threes this week. T71 in the field. That kind of puts into context, like Finau, Finau should have been right there. Uh, Finau, the the Finau's already high catch a break. High floor uh, is get getting even higher. Like he's yeah. he's turned from like a uh, again this strokes gain nerd stuff, but like one and a half stroke difference to two stroke difference is enormous, and he's turning into a two stroke uh, average player, which is um, kind of the same way Max has elevated his floor. Like Finau is around even more, and of course racking up the wins to go along with it as well. So. I won't, I won't like allow, to see I won't some wins later. off, you know, at courses besides like TPC Twin Cities, things of that nature. We all would. Uh, Listen, Houston was a, a very real golf course. I think we can agree on that. Morikawa. Let's talk Morikawa. <laughs> I mean, I felt like <laughs> you lead, you lead. Hey, like Sally, that, that fairways hit statistic was it's mind blowing. 46 and 56 fairways at Torrey Pines. Like I, you just don't see that. Um, just absolutely threading it. Hitting, I mean, again, just like really freaking good golf. Putted it pretty decent. I mean, the numbers say this week, 27th and putting this week. He's just, uh, I think this is, you know, people are looking at that century thing, wondering, you know, if that's, if there's scar tissue, whatnot, dude, I think it's an extremely encouraging start to the year for Morikawa. It didn't feel like it was his total best stuff. And he was second in strokes KT to green this week. Second best ball striker in the field. That's the crazy thing. I think like watching him, it's like, I felt like he was sloppy with certain shots, like dumping a, you know, dumping a few like front right bunker and stuff. But it's just like, man, he's like, he finished solo third, like without his, without his A game. Like that's, he's going to, there's going to be three or four weeks this year where he completely fucks people up. TC, when you said that in our text thread, it, it resonated with me because I thought of like, you know, he had a wedge in his hand on number nine, for example, and, and walks away with bogey has a short iron in on 17. I mean, it was, he was kind of out of it by then a little bit, but you know, walks away with Bur uh, bogey there as well. So I, it's weird. It's like, yes, he, he hit the ball so well and did so much, right. But then a couple instances, just bad misses and not being able to save the par. Right. And I, I think that's where, you know, as I'm looking at his performance, kind of the shot gain around the green is, is maybe what's, overall holding him back a little bit and i think that was we, we saw that a bit this week as well 
It's just not tidy. He's just not tidy. The scoring yeah. is not tidy. Like the 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 essentials are there. Like you're just when you are that forceful with your ball striking, you're gonna be there no matter what. And if it does become tidy, and it, the the main thing with Morikawa though is he's gonna need a feel that sticks, right? It can't be a new chipping motion and a new putting motion that works for you every time. Like you're gonna need a feel that's gonna stick with you for your career. And uh, it just seems like. You know, for every three, for every two events, he's got that feel going. He has three that he doesn't, and he just ends up with like a, you know, a third or fourth place finish that could have easily been a win. Very excited to watch him at uh, at at Riv. I think it's going to be interesting. I think he's going to, he should be trending towards that. So. I'm buying Morikawa right now, though. That's I'm 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 in on that. Sahith, the quiet T4, um, again, a floor that seems to be on the rise. And uh, I didn't, I didn't let myself, I didn't go on the emotional journey this weekend. I did. I didn't, I was, I am ready to go on it. I am ready to hurt again. Uh, but I didn't get emotionally invested in this one this week. I, I think it's just, we're, we're kind of expecting him to be near the top of leaderboards now. And um, I am extremely confident he's going to win a tournament at some point this year. Agreed. That was a crazy mm -hmm. putt he made on 12 too. Yes. That, like, 50 footer <laughs> that's wild i don't know if you run a gloat randy big dick rick made a quite a sighting on the leaderboard but did have a uh, a tough sunday very much a, uh it's, not, it's fine well he was you know he faded pretty hard from the uh, from the back end because he was he made five birdies on the front and i went out and three under and then birdied 18 to break 40 on the back so i would call that a, a rather tough sunday i listen i did you know not I feel like it's not really sporting anymore to 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 punch down on Ricky, but I I, I do like the move back to uh, to Butch. I I actually I think he's going to play some good golf this year. Now whether that results in some wins, yeah, I don't know, but uh, I I think we're going to see him around, which is good. Which is all, all no one. That's a good thing for everyone involved. He already is sure. playing good golf. He's up to twenty first in the FedEx Cup. It's crazy. There you have it. So, uh, Eric Barnes, T13. Didn't I don't think I saw a shot of him. Big Tex, Jimmy Walker, your guy, Randy. Love it. T13. Honestly, not sure I saw a shot of him. Didn't know he was playing. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Day, T7, went past that one as well. And that I believe that like, that brings you uh, going down the leaderboard from, uh, from T7. Well, <laughs> well, all right. So, Jason Day, I didn't realize like his. Iron stats aren't just have like never been very good. I always like pictured him as a really good iron player, and he's just not. It's weird. Mm. Taylor Montgomery finally cooled off. He was plus six on the weekend. He was right there after after Thursday. We had a Vincent Norman sighting that really really got me a flutter. I was happy there. Uh, Aaron Rye shot sixty four seventy eight mm. first two days, which was awesome. Uh, those north north south splits will get you. And then we had yeah, there were some ejections there in the final round. Tano Goya, tough tough go of it for Tano Goya on on uh, on Friday. And then I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, ZB. He had a, a vintage Fallwell situation. Credit to Anti Faldo for that. But he was playing with Brendan Steele and Sam Ryder the first two days, and they were one one and two. <laughs> ZB was just kind of hanging out over on the side watching. <laughs> ZB so. is Zach player for those uh, that are not full initiated, but. And then do we need to talk about Hideki? We haven't talked about Hideki yet. He was flashing a little bit. He was flashing a little bit. He was fourth in putting this week, which is alarming. I, 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 what do you have to say about Hideki? 
Shot 69-69 on the weekend. Like, I don't know. Played really, really well. Just it, He seems to be getting healthy. 39 on the back nine. Yes, yeah, he went out in 30, and he was very much involved in this tournament when he turned it. He was 10 under par going into that back nine with a couple gettable par fives in the back. Back nine definitely played pretty difficult uh, yesterday, but uh, uh, some disappointing finishes. It was yeah, it played 37.3 in the front nine, played 36.7 yesterday. But any concerns with JT, or is it just he just got married and like uh, concerns is relative. Like he hasn't played great golf over the last like year. I mean, if you just look at strokes gained yeah. in general, like it's. I mean, of course he won the major championship, and you trade all this all the data for peaking in that one week, but. I don't think he loves this golf course. Like I, I don't think he's ever really had success here. If I remember right, I was kind of a stay away from him uh, on this one for whatever reason. But yeah, not not sharp to this point. I think you can kind of say the same ish. I mean, Xander finished t thirteen, but you know your hometown event, you're kind of expecting a lot from him in this one as well. So yeah, JT one hundred and twenty fifth in the FedEx Cup right now. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean, basically took the fall off. I think right. So uh, it's. We're only like halfway through the season, TC. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Last guy I want to give a shout out to, uh, just going down the leaderboard, my guy Taiga. Taiga Semikawa made the cut. Tough final round, 79, but just wanted to shout him out for making the cut. Bright future there. Did you guys see Ben On's tweet where he, he said he was just, he was like, I've never just had to try so hard to break 80 before. <laughs> really? 83 in the final round. Golf is hard, man. Golf is hard. I don't want to play that golf course. I'm very good. You haven't noted here about small crowds. I, I thought the crowds look freaking enormous out there. They were there. huge on Saturday, but they were tiny on Friday. Yeah, that's going to happen. I think that's... Which, that's, you know, I know it's like, all right, it's 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 a weekday or whatever. And, you know, and Colt Nost had, had a reply like, oh, I think they were trying to, to uh, limit, you know, the size of the crowds on Friday. I'm not sure if that's just they had less... Less volunteers who are willing to pay to volunteer, Randy, uh, on a weekday, but uh, but yeah, I mean, like, what do you think about the the Saturday finishes? Is it working? Any any concerns? Any ideas? Just overall sentiment there. I think it's the best of a bad situation. I think it would be a shame if like Max's win went up against conference championships, or you know, if that would have happened this afternoon. Um, it's, it's great for us. I think it's, it's, it's it very, very fitting. It's nice to be able to download and take a day and then kind of record the pod the next day. So maybe a little selfish in viewing that, but I just, unless you got a two TV setup and you care that much about golf and football, I don't, I, I totally see, and I appreciate farmers doing this. I think they take a financial hit. Um, it's very far from ideal, I think for them, but I think the more Saturday finishes we could get while football is happening, the better for the PGA tour. I think it, it suits better for viewing. I don't know. I think it would work a lot better again if the if a lot of the events went Wednesday to Saturday. It would take some adjusting to, and get used to, but uh, they pay the price, and they're the only ones that kind of pay the price for this at the moment. Question for you: Why not Friday to Monday? I, mean, I know you're infringing upon the next week's thing, but there's yeah. no Monday night football. There's no you're getting two weekend days for hospitality and all that. And I think it works. It probably works for like a prime time finish West Coast. I'd be I'd be interested to get an answer on that. That would be that'd be an interesting question. I wonder if they've considered that. There's probably reasons why not, but I would I think the same thing would be helpful on that front as well. I think that'd be a good thing. Randy, what do you think of it? I really liked it. I told you guys in our planning meeting this week. I am happy to do the podcast as long <laughs> as we're not up against the AFC championship game. And I really actually enjoyed I mean, it's been cold and snowy here in Denver, so just Getting to watch golf Friday afternoon was 
was actually enjoyable. Uh, it was the first real golf I've PGA golf I've watched this year. And to have it finish yesterday, I thought it worked out really well. Now, Tron, to your point about Monday or uh, Friday to Monday, that's interesting. I don't, I, I don't, I would have to think about like from a viewing standpoint, how that would affect. I, I, I think they're, yeah, I don't know. That's very interesting. A few other notes from farmers. We had a, another Zalatoris up close putting video that surfaced uh, on the, on the interwebs guys. I'm in on it. I love it. I think that's his way of putting short putts that leads to the most made putts. I don't think it's a yip anymore. I think it's like, that is it's a, the putt. it's a conscious thing to like, I need to get this putter moving in a weird way. And that's how I'm going to make putts with it. I'm in on it. I think it's awesome. I, th I think it, it's jarring and it's exciting and it's horrifying and I love it. Yeah. I'm with you. It makes me feel alive. Yeah. Uh, also, JB Holmes back. Second start since July 2021. Uh, makes the cut. But I was asking some people, I'm like, hey, like, where did he go? Is he just injured? And they're like, yeah, he was injured. He's also cleaning up in the real estate game up in Nashville. <laughs> like selling properties or is he just like flipping yeah, the houses I, I guess or what? Troubadour, the, uh, the, uh, discovery Lanco property, he went deep into that and he's just, just crushing it. He doesn't even need to play golf anymore. Damn. That's impressive. <laughs> he's probably in the crypto game too. Sorry. <laughs> I was disappointed in Zalatoris this week. I, I thought I, I was really looking forward to seeing him on, you know, I, I seen him on a major course like this, a difficult setup. I was, I, I was hoping he would really play well. Yeah, TBD on on I mean going from birdie fest to 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 real golf if you will. Um it, it was just another reason I like I always feel like I enjoy Tory is that it's a great change of pace from the first few weeks of the year which are just like pin your ears back and birdie it. Like this was real consequential golf. And yeah, it's just asked a lot of different questions. So I'm I'm anxious to see how he uh, bounces back from from the back injury. He spent a lot of time. I mean, relatively a, a large amount of time away from the game and we're still still figuring that out. But Amsterdam. So up and down on this, I think. I mean, I, I uh, you know, we're quick to congratulate everyone involved with, you know, the initiative that happened on Friday in round three with Max and CBS's. I thought their debut on Friday was freaking phenomenal. I think it was my overwhelming takeaway was like the commercial load is going to always be what it is, but it just didn't feel big on, on Friday. And my overall, if I had to sum it up in one sentence, was like, dude, if golf coverage looked like that over the last like decade, we probably wouldn't ever need to comment on it, right? We wouldn't need to focus as much attention on it. It would just be not as noticeable as being bad. And I just want to uh, just bridge the gap between like reminding people of how bad it was, like almost missing Jordan Spieth winning a golf tournament, showing like the 72nd hole of majors of guys, like the only chances left to win, like showing them on tape delay and missing shots on like the 70th hole of tournaments and like feeling like they lost track of golf tournaments which is no longer the feeling I get when I watch golf on CBS. I think that's where they've made such great improvements really to getting to the point where it's passable. Like I, I don't want to get over, over complimentary of it because it just feel like golf coverage should have been this way for a long time. And, uh, Eamon Lynch had a great column about it. He said, uh, the, the moment with Max didn't happen now because those in charge of broadcasting golf have never considered how to better do their jobs or couldn't be bothered pitching fresh approaches to Ponte Vedra. Every executive involved in televising the tour has a tale about how their effort to enliven telecast was stonewalled, chalk it up to a, co a combination of factors, corporate complacency, a culture of arrogance, a milquetoast reluctance to inconvenience the very players they're rewarding with millions of dollars annually. I was like, damn, that's lethal, right? There's 
we've always gotten a ton of reasons why things can't happen. And it's like, dude, no, you three networks, players and Torque, get it, get your heads together and figure out how to do it. Like this is everything, figure out how to do it. And they finally, after years of begging have, have seemed to have turned a corner in that way. Yeah. I think we're what, six years on, seven years on from the thing I wrote on, yeah. on, uh, Tor- or on, yeah. uh, on, uh, Riv. Yeah. Seven years on then. Yeah. It took seven years, you know, but <laughs> I think we're there. Thank uh, you for your getting service. There. Even yesterday, it felt like, Teller Shy and the gang like made a concerted effort as soon as Keegan was kind of like they almost went to him early, right? Of like, hey, just in case this guy. Yeah. No one's sneaking up on him right anymore. Yeah. 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 It was very much like, oh, oh man, like maybe they're airing on that other side, which was, which was, you know, in Keegan's case, sucked, but it was great to see on a <laughs> on a macro level. Um yeah. DC, I it, to 2023 is the year of of no beef. I, but but he's on the carnivore diet. Keegan's on the carnivore diet, so he gets a, <laughs> I know. a pass there. Is this beef with Keegan though? Is this like it's you're pretty, pulling it out of the freezer? What's going well, on it's, here? Yeah, it's like some trimmings that I'm pulling out of the freezer. I'm making a stock, but it's it's prime trimmings. It's from a it's from a prime rib that I had in the freezer. The biggest thing for me, I mean, it seems like they're 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 rethinking a lot of things. They're like nothing's there. Nothing's part of the furniture, right? They're trying to be conscientious about everything, whether it's the Aeon risk reward challenge, the bumper music, some of the graphics that they're using. I thought Trevor's trends was great. Uh, I learned something each time from that. I think the, just not having Faldo in the booth, like it it cannot be overstated, like how groundbreaking that is. Everyone else gets better, but with having like Trevor in that seat to like speak in in full complete senses and and speak pointedly and and talk to golfers it just i just felt like nabolo was the best i feel like i've heard him in years and i think that is for, from that contribution alone you know the, the commercials are still an issue here and there like i thought it would be awesome if they could have gone followed max and joe down the fairway and listened to them talk that was, through that was tough yeah you know but i get it there's you got to play within the sandbox and you know the sandbox is probably too small from a from a minutes of, of actual coverage standpoint. If I can bridge that TC, it feels like the things that CBS is responsible for are responsible for, they've got under control now. Right. And like above their, you know, above the seller shy and the Nances and all of the things that they can do it is, you know, at, at the tour level and at the CBS and NBC executive level, they've obviously agreed on these commercial packages. That's not going to change, right? We're going to still bitch about it, but that part's not going to change. But what <laughs> makes it more tolerable is the windows that you are live and on the air, like covering it like a very serious, like a real golf event and making it feel elevated. And I feel very comfortable with that. Now they've changed so much in the last three years. And like, I, I, I feel like people are, are on us a little bit of like, you guys don't complain enough about TV coverage as much anymore because you're PGA tour D riders. Now it's like, no dude, like we're being like honest about this stuff. We never wanted to be the ones that always had to complain about it. But if we can't shout out improvements, then we're also doing a disservice to everyone involved with making very real efforts to, to make it better. And that's the feeling I got Friday. I was like, Holy shit, man, look at how yeah. far we've come. Who would have thought Sunday? I thought felt look like a at little, us. Uh, yeah. Who would have <laughs> thought Sunday felt like a Saturday, excuse me, round four felt like a step back. And like, I noticed the commercial load again. It was just, it was tough. It was just a lot. But again, it's just like, I don't know what the workaround is at this point. There were also like a shitload of guys in the mix. Yeah. Too. Like it was very, I think subjectively too, the, the biggest thing that enhances my enjoyment in these tournaments, especially at a place like Tory, is camera angles. And I feel like they totally have rethought yes. the, like they've gone outside of the, their standard rubric or strategy for 
towers and camera angles and they've gotten us all sorts of new new angles new new looks like sorry that that keegan bunker shot on 18 was a perfect example just yep. stuff like that stuff down the coastline it's just it's it just looks like they give a fuck yeah that's that's well said randy anything to add on that no not much to add i, I agree with what you guys are saying i the biggest um question mark for me will be this the the walk and talk feature i mean i i think it was excellent i also want to just underscore it was like one player during one round of of the tournament that he won (laughs) that he won so that was great but you know i i watched a college basketball game a couple months ago where they had both coaches mic'd up for the entire game and you went into halftime and you know it's like the the fact that we're celebrating that they were able to talk to max for like one walk down or like one hole is like it's great because it's progress but it's like god you like let's accelerate this they've, this they've is, lowered our standards so much yes and, exactly it's like golf is still five years behind like everything else. and you know what i go back to rainy when did sounds of the game start with the nfl like miking up a bunch of players and like releasing a video into right. the next week of highlights of sounds of the game it gets sound must, effects yeah. yeah sound effects it, it's like much must watch stuff it's always entertaining interesting what is wrong with doing something like that like i i, I truly don't I mean, wearing a microphone is a slight inconvenience and you can put it on the caddy or whatever, but like put it on a bunch of guys and just take the, you know, it takes a team to kind of go through all that stuff and turn it around. It's not easy, but that's super additive media that like the tour, the way they think of it is how do we sell that? How do we sell that? How do we sell that? And they don't yeah. just like create stuff that just keeps fans engaged. They've come a long way on this stuff and they're improving, but like that's, a, that's one that I just look at. I'm like, dude, imagine thinking you're not even thinking that's not even innovative. Like it's being done in other sports. And that's right. like the, that's where I agree, Randy. I'm excited. Like that there is a trend on this, but also just like not giving them a pass on being way late to the game on this. Make it good and then figure out how to monetize. Sure. It. That's instead of, instead yeah. the other way around. I think two things that two challenges I want to issue. I think the, the onus is on NBC golf channel to kind of step their game up a little bit as we get back into the Florida swing here next month. I think the other thing is I think it's time for Ian Baker Finch to to shoot or get off the pot. Like he's he's kind of I and he seems like by all accounts is like the nicest guy in the world and doesn't have a bad word to say about anybody. And I think that's kind of part of the problem is I just never really pick up anything even remotely interesting or engaging from him on the CBS broadcast. I'm curious to see how Trevor, you know goes on right like i like we said nabolo elevated this past week i'm wondering over over the course of the year uh trevor helps kind of uh move that along because i thought he had a, an excellent debut so um should we move over across the pond <laughs> a lot to talk about over there without even focusing we don't know the result of the tournament as of now um this feels like forever ago i don't even know how much time we want to spend on this at this point but uh patrick reed goes up to roy mcelroy on the range in dubai uh, shakes Harry's hand as caddy. Rory is down, like messing with his track, man, uh, tries to shake his hand. Rory very much hits him with a, I'm, I'm good here. Uh, Reed walks away laughing and flicks a four aces T at him. Ambush marketing. Yeah. 
Rory later explained I was subpoenaed by his lawyer on Christmas Eve. So, of course, trying to have a nice time with my family and someone shows up on your doorsteps and delivers that. You're not going to take it well. So, again, I'm living in reality. I don't know where he's living. Uh, if I was in his shoes, I wouldn't expect a hello or a handshake. Uh, you can't pretend nothing's happening here, right? We're living in reality here. If the roles uh, were reversed and McElroy had thrown a T, he said, I'd be expecting a lawsuit. Um, so, and then let's Hell just play yeah. the audio now. The, the question that was asked Rory, uh, which he made, a, the, 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 the reply was described as incredulous response, incredulous face. Uh, just play this audio right now of this amazing question. Sorry to take this subject with um, Patrick on the range yesterday a bit further, but Patrick reached out to you. He, re he shook hands with Harry wishing him a Happy New Year. He put his hand out to, sh to wish you a Happy New Year. And in a, in a gold sort of prime, we'll be trying men bridges and there was no tea throwing he just turned his back he had a tea in his pocket and he just threw it down and disgust that's, that's probably anyone would do when you approach someone and you don't get an answer but you know do, can you can you see yourself maybe one day mending those bridges with Patrick not, not at the moment though but he, he said he was trying to make an effort okay next question Ian behind Sorry. just Sorry. behind Bernie <laughs> Jeez. So this, of course, led to uh, a uh, Lady J got in my ass because uh, I, I left a couple words out of my tweet and I did not she include. Did. I did not include that uh, it was Reed's lawyer that subpoenaed him and not Reed himself. Uh, of course, I'm not a lawyer, and of course, nothing I said. Not, this is not an admission of guilt. Of course, allegedly, uh, all the disclaimers in here, but. Uh, she said to me, you are posting inaccurate and false statements. Roy McElroy was never subpoenaed by Patrick Reed. He had nothing to do with the case uh, McElroy was subpoenaed for. Such a farce. Uh, I believe farce was spelled wrong in there. But again, that's alleged. So I was. I just replied very nicely. I was like, you're right. I, I was wrong here. I, I misphrased this. Like, a lot of lawsuits flying around here. Can you just describe them for me? And she said, two defamation lawsuits. It's really not hard to get your facts straight unless you're deliberately trying to mislead the public. Uh, neither one of Patrick Reed's cases are against the PGA Tour and have nothing to do with Roy McElroy. So I just wanted to get that out there to so make sure we are all cleared legally. Listen, Sally, I think I, I might stand with, with, with the lady here. Words matter. Yeah, I think I might be with Lady J too. I, I read is definitely a hundred percent interest in all this because Larry Clayman was definitely going around and just suing people uh, left and right and issuing subpoenas left and right, bef well before Reed got involved with him and tried to sue the golf world for you know the GDP of Moldova. That was definitely definitely a thing here. So yeah, it's it's Reed's a hundred percent innocent here. Uh, Rory's definitely taking it that way. Um, I, th I think everyone in really in the golf world that. Um, you know, as, as received subpoenas is definitely taking it that way as well. So um, thank you, TC, for sticking up for, for Lady J in this in this situation. Lady J also I had some great, great back and forth with Lady J this week as well. She said she 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 calls it like she sees it. And, and TC, uh, I apologize. That's, that's all you can ask yeah. for, TC. I apologize for, you know, if I had an effect on your guys' relationship, which I know has been really strong over the years. Um, which do we want to do the read video now? is that a there's a lot of freaking drama from this tournament this week with drench city usa and the monday finish but drench drench city uae sorry not I'm usa sorry. yeah i'm sorry yeah can you guys so i you know i'm i'm waking up a little later over here on the mountain mountain time zone what what's up with this ball in the tree situation can you catch me up like i'm you know because i really haven't seen or read anything with it I cannot express enough how alleged this is, Randy. And as you know, the 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 film uh, from the Bahamas, right, was doctored, right. That has that's been documented. So 
That's been proven. I'm just going off the video that was aired on the DP World Tour live feed, which could have been manipulated here. I just, again, got to address all that up front. Reed hits a tee shot um, that they show that they can't find it. And he gets up there, and I want to make sure I get this, uh, this order right. This is the statement that the DP World Tour issued. During round three of the Hero Dubai Desert Classic, two on-course referees and several marshaled, marshals identified that Patrick Reed's ball had become lodged in a specific tree following his tee shot on 17. The DP World Tour chief referee joined the player in the area and asked him to identify his distinctive ball markings. Using binoculars, the chief referee was satisfied that a ball with those markings was lodged in the tree. The player subsequently took an unplayable penalty drop uh, at that point directly below the ball on the ground. To clarify, the player was not asked to specify the tree, but to identify his distinctive ball markings to confirm it was his ball. So there is video here where Patrick Reed says, that is definitely my ball, as he's looking in binoculars, and they show a replay of the ball going into a totally different tree. So again, he is definitely identifying that that is my golf ball with a black line on it. Either there is a identical ball, and the, the extended part of the DB World Tour statement also includes a, a caveat that there could be an identi uh, identical ball identifying mark, identical identifying mark in, in the other tree. But they cut. They they marry this clip, and this clip is amazing. Of just like no, no, it's like goes into this other tree that's behind him, while he is definitively saying that's my ball. So what happens here? The difference is he can take a drop right under that tree and take an unplayable, and not have to go back to the tee and re-tee where Roy McIlroy was standing on that tee box. By the way, so he was looking up at a ball that was not his, allegedly, uh, alleged, alleged, and uh, saying it was definitively his and. Yeah, have have at that you will. Not a lot of people talking about this, and I was wondering why. And I'm guessing it's because most of the golf world is being is in active lawsuits uh, against uh, Mr. Reed. That's so sick. God, that's sick. And then and then P said uh, the rules official was there to reconfirm and check to make sure it was mine as well, uh, which the I don't think video that does not support. That. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly, but that could have been Doctor Two. Exactly. Yeah, okay. it's a, he said you can see that because I can't see that, but that's fine with me said and then james colgan from golf.com has has done some some sleuthing here mm. picture of the tree that held that allegedly held reed's ball as shown on golf channels broadcast not clear if this is exactly where reed spotted his ball but as you can see there's at least six golf balls by my account lodged in that same palm somebody's gotta climb the tree i mean it's very much uh i mean there's, there's some alleged uh, story i won't even say the name about a certain somebody that that won a uh, major championship that somebody went out and found a golf ball uh, with similar markings on it that allegedly that player had found. If they can go up there and find a golf ball that- Good morning, David! <laughs> somebody can go up and find uh, that golf ball in the wrong tree, then I wonder what, what happens there. We need to fuel up a G650 and fly Greller immediately to the Middle East. Have him climb that tree. It's just amazing that we're here yet again uh, with Reed, but- of course we are. There's just such a, a tendency to find these edge cases of, of it, it's it's remarkable. And the it's, rule it's staff always apologizing awesome. for him. It's amazing. It's it's a whole thing again where the the ball embedded on on 18. Like we know it didn't embed. We know it by the video, and he says that it was. Now we know it's in a different tree, and he says it's in the, the other one. Like we know it by the video, and yet somehow he's getting away with it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it works. All right. So the rib leads by three. Going into the final round, you think he wins? I'd say so. I mean, he shot 65 today, clean card until until he got to 18. 
hits it in the water on 18, still shoots 65. And he's got Callum Shinkwin and, and a, a gentleman named Dan Bradbury chasing him at minus 12. And which which means TC is going to call it a big dick win if he wins, of course. <laughs> he's got Blandy, uh, Adriarnaus, Pultz, uh, Hidalgo, Sean Norris, P, and big dick Vic Perez, four back at minus 11. So what if, what if P catches him? Be awesome. I'll be waking up. There was all, there was all sorts of stuff. People, Oh my God, they're paired together. They're paired together. They weren't paired together. Asterisks folks killing me. I woke up on, what was that? Thursday to, uh, news of, of Ludwig. Aberg's uh, 65. Unfortunately, he's, he's fallen back a bit since then, you know, had to, had to sleep on a lead, had to kind of, you know, all sorts of fits and starts with this with this weather situation there. But great to see Ludwig. And then Stanford junior Michael Thorbjornsson, currently T19. He had a third round 73, but was tied for the lead at the halfway point. They're coming, man. He is coming. He is. The youngsters are coming. Yeah. Yeah, only other thing I had was uh, Ben Silverman won down in the second Bahamas event down in or on the Corn Ferry Tour uh, after Monday qualifying. Uh, always a cool, hmm. cool thing there. Just wanted to shout that out. Wanted a playoff. And our young hitter, Cam Riley, made his Corn Ferry debut. Fantastic. He, uh, he did not make the cut. Struggled a little bit round one, but got his first start, which is great. Happy for him. Um, another totally normal news. This is uh, expected for startups. Um, more live execs are fleeing the nest. Majid Al-Saror, the head of the Saudi Golf Federation, uh, was earlier this week removed as Liv's managing director, a role that was just below CEO and commissioner Greg Norman. Uh, then two other Liv executives, chief marketing officer Kerry Taylor and chief communications officer Jonathan Grella, uh, are also set to leave the company, according to people familiar with the situation. This is according to the Wall Street Journal. Um, Norman's statement is our, our biggest task going forward is commercial. It's selling tickets. It's the normal sports aspects of a league as opposed to an exciting launch. I know some of our critics like to make more of a personnel, uh, make more of a personnel change than meets the eye. Um, so oh, nothing, it's very, nothing very interesting. Here. They didn't, they didn't make those considerations as they were, you know, hiring these people, um, from the start there. Yeah. Uh, it's wild, but that's, that's the truth of the matter. Um, so Greg Norman will be assuming a, a somehow a larger role within uh, Liv. Again, uh, this is according to Sports Illustrated. Uh, amid suggestions that he should be removed from his position, Greg Norman's role as CEO and commissioner of the Liv Golf League is actually being strengthened, meaning more autonomy in running the second-year circuit that announced its 2023 schedule and will begin play next month. Again, uh, this is also referencing Sports Illustrated learned that Majid Al-Saror, the managing director, leaves that role as one of seven members of the Live Golf Board of Directors. Al-Saror is also CEO of the Saudi Golf Federation. His role with Live Golf not being filled, meaning more power for Norman, uh, whose leadership has been questioned by PGA Tour stars Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy. So just so we bring this full full circle, PGA Tour players are asked, like, what will it take for you guys to, like, reach an agreement with Liv? Like, come to the table? And they made a very simple thing of saying, Greg Norman needing to go, and then we can talk. And they have doubled down and given him more power. So the uh, <laughs> the the accusations of the pettiness coming from the PGA Tour side will continue to be laughed at from me because – uh, they are just seriously trolling them in every way possible and pretending like they want to play nice, and they definitely don't. It seems like a uh, kind of a sink or swim, Greg, thing from the Saudis. It's right? an all-in. Like, yeah, they're moving hey all-in. 
yeah, like you need to, you need to either fix this and make it happen or like, we're going to stop being embarrassed here. It feels like I'm, I've heard rumblings of, of the chief events officer, Ron Cross, potentially being moving on as well. Not for the tracker accounts. That's a rumbling, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, the tracker accounts were proven wrong a few times this week. It was great to see no beef. We're not going to get to that guys. I thought the schedule stuff, their schedule that they released, like was a fucking disaster. Like massive, massive disaster, massive black eye. I'm going to push back on that TC. These uh, lower tier PGA tour events that everyone obviously loves on the PGA tour now becoming the headliners for live golf is that's a great thing for them. I think, I think it's, I, I see no flaws in this. I'm going to need you to come with some more evidence here. Yeah. So I just think like you are what your schedule is, right? You, you are your schedule as a tour and let's just read down. We've got February. We've got the El Camaleon, the, the Mayakoba event, two events in March gallery out in Tucson and orange County national, of course, the crooked cat course, which is, which is previously hosted PJ tour Q school, the vaunted crooked cat course. April brings us to the Grange in Adelaide, which by all accounts is actually a good one. Sentosa in Singapore. Then we're onward to May. We have uh, Broken Arrow slash Tulsa, Oklahoma at Cedar Ridge and Trump National in Washington, D.C. June, July, we've got uh, Valderrama and Centurion Club. Then we go August, we go to the old white course at Jim Justice's Greenbrier in West Virginia then onward to Trump National Bedminster. And then September, we have one event, Rich Harvest Farms. October, we have one event, uh, Trump National Doral. And then they've moved the finale to Royal Greens Golf and Country Club in uh, gorgeous King Abdullah Economic City. Which they list as Jeddah, which is bullshit. It's so much disrespect to King Abdullah Economic City. So now, so like it was supposed to be this big condensed schedule that these guys were going to get a bunch of time off and everything. They're going from... They start in February and they go to November, right? Which that, that kind of seems to defeat some of the purpose of like, Hey, I don't want to play golf year round kind of thing. And then schedule wise, like from Orlando, they go Orlando, the guys that are playing Augusta, like play Augusta the following week and they have a week off. Then they go to Australia and Singapore. Then they have a week off and they go Tulsa PGA DC. That doesn't seem like a recipe for success. For the guys trying to win a major. It's all part of the plan, TC. Come on. They've they've been playing this for a long time. And and you know, these are Greg Norman also sent a hilarious email to players that was said, you know, as as Liv gets ready to begin our first full season of tournament play, I want to be I want you to be aware of several changes I am making to our team and our approach to the business of golf. Like all the changes are coming from Norman and not, you know, people fleeing and quitting. So that's important to note. Um it's very much a, uh, your files are exactly where they left them uh, alert that you'll sometimes get on your computer and be like, well, wait a second here. Can I ask some questions about what happened to her behind the scenes? But um, yeah, it's, yeah. When's okay. the ruling coming down from the, from the, for the DP world tour? Sometime in February. That's sometime in February, I believe, which I think there's kind of a, a whole big wait and see from both sides on, on that as to what the downstream effect of that's going to be. But Sure, we'll have a lot of people saying that's a it's a great schedule and it's just an incredible product and there's many great things coming. But uh, <laughs> I just I don't I don't see what there is to be excited about as they head to year two. A lot of rumors flying around of the of the alternate persuasion. Not we're getting this guy. It's like a uh oh something is really not right here. Yeah, there's a like the only rumor I've heard Sebastian Munoz and Mito. You know, Mito keeps 
floating around out there, but otherwise I haven't heard diddly poo otherwise. So is our, is our guy James Hahn signed up yet? <laughs> Which can, can we just do that segment? Sure. Now? <laughs> uh, it is now a segment uh that we are of course calling This Week in James Hahn Tweets. We should we should get a sponsor for this thing. <laughs> Uh, he said, we are in a dark place where golf media can mock a player regarding an event without limits, only to have video evidence come out and prove nothing really happened, but thinks it's okay because it's a live player. Congrats, golf media. You are now the CNN of golf, opinionated, divisive. I think he's talking about the Reed T-throwing incident, right? Which was pretty much exactly as it was described. I don't know what golf media he's referring to here, of course, but... Yeah, it's another uh, This Week in James Hahn tweets. Again, we're highlighting this because this is who was in charge of policymaking at the PGA Tour. This is the level of, of leadership that they had and that what the top players were fighting as far as the middle tier of players and the intelligence level of that of that uh, and understanding where their value is coming from. Just read this Twitter feed. I, somebody's going to tell him to delete his Twitter, and I hope he never does because it's incredible. I just don't understand, like, what is golf media? Like golf media seemingly evaporated like a decade ago with budget cuts and all sorts of stuff. And like, I feel like the people that were making a massive, massive deal out of the Patrick Reed thing or like the aggregators and clickbaiters and, yeah. you know, it was like kind Instagram of a big accounts. deal. Like golf doesn't get showed like showdowns like that where somebody refuses to shake somebody's hand. And I mean, they get it, you know, like try to harm him by throwing a tee at him, but like, there's some beef there. There's very clearly some beef there. Golf loves its beef stories. There's something there. This is not something that the media is driving a divide in. Like these two people do not like each other. James and and, and my guy Luke Elvey, please don't delete your accounts. Just keep the content. Keep it going. I, you know what? Who the biggest loser out of all this James Hahn stuff is to me is the University of California at Berkeley. Yeah. What? I, yeah. This guy is aggressively, I think, just not. I don't want to call him. I, I don't want to be mean to him, but like, aggressive point misser. That's what I would. Yeah. yeah. You, I, I think about this a lot in what I read, especially on, on Twitter is you can argue for anything. Like you can totally make a super disingenuous argument for anything. And that's every time I read something that he says, it feels exactly that. Like you technically could like make that argument. If you were trying to really slant something in the total opposite direction and be a total contrarian, you can do anything. And that's how I read every single thing that he says. Like how, how how many years and 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 years did golf media just treat players with like, oh my God, class acts. These are good guys. Let's just highlight all the good stuff. Like the golf golfers have not gotten critical media, like golf media coverage, maybe ever. I, you know, how is, how would James Hahn last in like a major, major media market? Like, I don't know, New York city or Philadelphia <laughs> playing for the Yankees or the Phillies or uh, right. Like what, what's he talking about? Opinionated. They're divisive. Now uh, it just doesn't make any sense on any level. I, I think the most valuable money that live could spend would be paying James Hahn and Luke Elvey not to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> They've got the budget for it. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. They need to get a little more strategic on how they're spreading it around. And let me just say too, on that schedule, that live schedule, I've been, I listen, I didn't watch any of the YouTube, frankly, not interested. And, and now I see this schedule and will I be downloading the CW app? No, I won't. It, it feels you like you don't even have Peacock yet. Is, 
Well, it feels like where Liv is now is is a big step backwards from where yeah. we thought they would be and where we were talking about them like around I don't know July British Open last year. It it, it this isn't enticing at all. And I I just reflect on watching the Farmers this weekend. I had a lot of fun. It was a great tournament. A lot of like names that interest me and I care about. And all these live guys are so completely forgotten in my mind. I it's I, I think that's a massive problem for them. Yeah, I, I like I think the YouTube thing was kind of a convenient like thing to make fun of them on. I think that was also like probably a valuable differentiator. It was accessible. Right? It was easy. Yeah. Access it wherever, whenever, for free. Also, like just from the finale standpoint, like the one event that they had last year that had a little bit of juice to it yeah. seemed like it was the Doral event. The like the finale, there was something on the line, and they're going to move that to like the middle of the night in Saudi Arabia. And the the other event that had juice was Boston, and that event's no longer on the calendar anymore. Um, but it's very much in the like we've said all along. Uh, like this recruitment year is going to be different than the rest of the years, right? Yeah, we'll give it away for free on YouTube with no commercials because we have no other option right now, and we're trying to make this thing look as appealing as possible, and we're going to show everyone having all this fun and all this stuff. Now things are turning. Now things are, no, 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 we need you. We need you here. Uh, I've heard some stories, some very credible stories of guys that are try have tried to leave for family events on, you know, before, it, during tournament week, before the events kick off. And they're like, no, no, you will, you'll be staying here. You'll be, you'll be staying here and playing. And now it's, yeah, we like to finish here at this call for us. No, no, it's going to be in Saudi Arabia. Like the big finale is going to be in Saudi Arabia. And those are your bosses. So that'll be uh, where you'll be doing things that what makes me laugh the most about all that Randy, especially as your boy, Phil making such a big deal out of being an independent contractor and having your media rights and all of that and being totally in control, being totally controlled by someone else. Now, like the irony of that is not lost on me. There's been a great sum of money in exchange exchange uh, for that, but that irony is not lost on me. And he's still tweeting about PGA tour dress code. I, I, I also have a, if if I may, if I may, I have somebody to add to the Luke LV, James Hahn duo. Oh, please, duo. please. I think we got to include my guy, Hank Haney. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very bad. Has some of the, the worst, dumbest takes and tweets around live and everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I know you're a big Haney guy. Um, it's tough. Well, I hate doing that to my, I hate doing that to my voodoo cream supplier, but I got to do it. Uh, anything else before we get some housekeeping, TC? I don't think. I mean, I saw the pro member stuff. Yeah, the uh, Seminole pro guy, member. There will be no lift yeah. players at. Yep. Who cares? You know, that's old news. I talked to my guy Jimmy about that when we played back in December. Yeah, I mean, that that's common sense too, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, I mean, let's say you got like Ed Hurley. He's a member at Seminole. He's like on the board. By the way, was Phil ever a policy board member? He was on the pack. He was never a policy pack, board okay. member, I believe. And then, yeah, Faldo was kind of spouting off on with Sky Sports News, uh, Jamie Weir, just saying live players should be banned from the Ryder Cup. They're done. It's a rival tour. You know, they've moved on. Fine. Off you go. Off you go. Thing. That's about it, I yeah. think, for the week. But uh, yeah. you want to take us through some housekeeping items before we wrap? Yeah, just uh, we had film room, the Bay Course. Uh, the Kapalua BAE Kapalua, course last week. TC. Oh my God, Lua. I'm sorry, Poosh. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't mm. do it, man. Uh, and then we got Cavendish this week. A very, uh, very provocative little course over on Lanai. Lanai. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Lanai. Uh, and then we got Trap Draw coming up. 
uh, Chopped Out NFL episode, KVV Poosh hopping on. We'll see what happens with uh, the beloved Niners as well as uh, Joe Shiesty and the Bengals. <laughs> and then uh, we got a big, big personnel announcement on deck, potentially. The, our event schedule, be on the lookout for that, uh, as well as maybe some special stuff from Pebble Ooh. as well. Ooh. So Should we just go ahead and see. get that out in the open? Sure. I'm going to be playing the Pebble Beach Pro-Am this week. Uh, I am still confused as to why or how this all came to be. What I, as, as, as a, an amateur. As a celebrity as amateur, or as a competitor? As it's, a new, it, it's, a new, okay. uh, it's a new division. The dick ride. I am <laughs> <laughs> uh, not in the celebrity division. Thank you for asking, Randy. I believe I'm in the amateur division. I, I really don't know how it works. Okay. I, it's all kind of quite a mystery to me. It was uh, a bit of a, a late 12 to 6 curveball thrown in the uh, early early wi- or winter schedule here. But I'm heading out to uh, to Monterey on Monday. Going to be playing some golf out there. And, uh, and, yeah, playing in the Pro-Am. I'm extremely excited about it. It's going to be... Uh, True once in a lifetime experience. We won't. We we're not really able to organize much on the video content front in that short time period, and it's a, kind of a difficult thing to do um, with the tour, anyways. So, just kind of be won't be a lot of content coming from it this week, other than I'm sure I'll have plenty of stories to share on next week's pod because it uh, is a true bucket list experience, and I'm very excited about it. When do you find out who you're playing with? I think Tuesday. I think Tuesday is the day uh, that oh. we find out. Um, so. Gotta be so fucking sick if they paired you with James Hahn. <laughs> <laughs> what would especially be sick is CBS has to have like seven years of, of angst like saved up and there's some cameras out there. Like they should just pick my worst shot and be like, that's the one that they're going to put on the air and just absolutely go nuts. Roast the hell out of me. I don't care. I deserve that. I, I, you deserve one clean shot at me, if you will. So um, I, I, I don't know how that's going to work out, but very excited about that. So well, Say hi to my guy Chris Berman. All all my money manager hitters are out there. Yeah, <laughs> JP McManus, Dermot Desmond. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think Pau Gasol's in the field this this year. Yeah, Pau Gasol. I uh, gotta think Condi will be there. Maybe check in on how the Broncos coaching search is going for me. Yeah, a lot you can. Aaron Rodgers. You can you can do a wellness check on on Bill Murray for me. I can do that. Your boy ass. Bill Murray. Uh, Steve Young, Alfonso Ribeiro, of course, Jake Owen. It, uh, yeah, it's, it's all very exciting. I'm, I'm sure there'll be some, uh, some fun that will come of this. So, um, Randy's guy, Brett bear. <laughs> and a lot of people are asking who's going to be on the pod this week. There is going to be an episode of all goes to plan, but I don't believe this person is in the field this week. So the, the bump might just get delayed until next week, if you will, but we, we will get that figured out for you. So. Anything else, boys? This was a blast. Uh, another uh, joyous win for our boy, and uh, excited to watch some football today. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in. Travel, so. we'll see, thank you, TC. We'll see you back here next week. Cheers. Let's be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect a 